WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long, and you're about to go one-on-one -on -one with Talking Taker. Holla. I got you. <laughs> of the night welcome to episode 222 of talking taker the encyclopedic exploration dig up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of autism the undertaker my name is alex dorio i want to thank all you out there in the pod street crew for joining us for yet another round of dead man talking and i am joined as always by my tag team partner my wrestling buddy fellow PSK member, fellow creature of the night, and long, long before he was a creature of the night, he was a little stinger. I'm talking about Mr. Travis White. And I say that tonight, Travis, because we're for one night only, one special edition of the podcast. We are no longer talking taker. We are screaming stinger or... <laughs> Speaking sting, I mean, yeah. squawking sting, how, well, I don't know what. Spitting, Ooh. spitting venom. Ooh, <laughs> there you go. Yes, boy. Spitting venom. That's it, man. There we go. Welcome That's why we paid the big bucks. That's right, yeah. <laughs> No, this is, is going to be a very unique episode of the podcast, a, a one and only episode here, but um, you and I both are huge fans of the man called sting we always have been and i think those two guys they never faced each other that was the dream match so many fans our age always dreamed about seeing the undertaker versus sting well we're gonna kind of fantasize about that tonight we're gonna think about what that might have looked like how could that have ever happened when would that have happened what would the match have looked like fantasy book that match and just share some favorite memories of sting because after an incredible I mean, almost 40-year career in the ring at this point. We're looking at 39 years since he made his professional debut. Sting is going to be wrapping things up with his final match in AEW here. Uh, the weekend that this comes out in March at AEW Revolution. I mean, unbelievable. We got to pay tribute to Sting, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I'd say we're sending out an SOS. This, you know. See if we can get this match saved, get this match to come to fruition. So, because it never did in real life. So, yes. 
Absolutely. We can always dream. But uh, and we're going to get into it. We're going to share some favorite staying memories, uh, talk about the highlights of his career before we fantasy book The Undertaker versus Sting. Number one highlight was his hair. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about the our favorite hair. Sting haircuts. That's, that's, that's kind of one of the questions yeah. I want to ask you because some iconic yeah. ones. But, man, just like right off the bat, when you think of Sting, what comes to mind? Why, why are you such a big fan of Sting? He, I think I talked about this early on, maybe episode one of Talking Taker, 221 episodes ago. The he is what drew me to professional wrestling. Again, I he is the guy who I saw and was just like, I don't know what that is, man, but I like it and I like this guy. And then to kind of go away from it and then come back to it years later, four, five years later, and he had completely changed his persona, but he was still the guy that drew me in. And we'll get into that more later on as we go. So. You know, early on in my infancy of wrestling fandom and in my, you know, adolescence, he was the guy that drew me in both times, you know, and, and hooked me uh, both times. And so I've just been a fan ever since. Plus, he's just a stand up guy, you know, after he kind of got over his personal demons and stuff. He's just a great dude, not selfish. He just uh, he just had everything. Man, He wasn't like a Kurt Angle uh, in the ring. But he didn't need to be. And guess what? Neither was Undertaker. Like <laughs> Undertaker wasn't that early on. He just had a presence, an aura, a charisma, and uh, had it with the uh, w- when he spoke and when he didn't speak. He still had charisma. So it's we'll get into that later on. But yeah, he just he's the guy that drew me in, and so I'll always just be, you know, enamored by him. So yeah, there's so many people that. Like, Go ahead. <laughs> oh, just say, like, you're flipping. We talked early on in this in the series too about like comic books. Like wrestling is like comic books come to life. So like when I first opened X Men, I saw them. Wolverine just drew me in. I'm a huge Wolverine, but he just has something about his appearance, his charisma that he has that comes off the page. Sting's the same way. With DC, it was Batman. There's just something about him that's that just jumps off the pages to you and or off the screen or whatever. And it's just it just that's those are my guys. Like Sting was my guy. Mar- uh, uh, Wolverine's my X-Men, you know, my Marvel guy, and Batman's my DC guy. It's just, that's it. So, I don't know. Dude, I, I love the Wolverine comparison, actually. I never thought about that, but I, I think he's very much embodies a lot of those same spirits yeah. and qualities, sort of the pillar, the backbone yeah. uh, of the X-Men, and is that character that draws so many people in. And mm-hmm. I know so many people listening to Talking Taker, The Undertaker was that person for mm-hmm. them. Uh, and so exactly. in many ways, you know, if you weren't watching – WWE, if you flipped on to uh, TNT or TBS before you flipped on to USA uh, and, and a different company's wrestling drew you in for for a kid, that was probably Sting for, mm-hmm. for a lot of people out there. And, um, you know, I think they were both just the pillars of their company, these icons, uh, the guys that stayed with their companies yes. through thick and thin, who never jumped. And, and I think that's why even though their characters weren't necessarily the most – uh, you know, similar. I think people saw those qualities in exactly. those guys, and that's why we fantasized about that match for so long. And it was just, you know, uh, and Sting stayed away from WWE for so long. The Undertaker was so associated with WWE, we always dreamed about what that match could have looked like. Um, and once they both got to a certain point, pretty early in their career, they weren't going to be first match guys. They were always going to be. In some kind, maybe not main event, but, you know, upper, upper mid card, you know, um, 
and even their matches, even if they weren't for a title or a story, it still meant something because it was Sting and because it was Undertaker. We talk all the time about Undertaker did not ever need a championship to like make his story, you know, important. Sting never did either, you know, especially when he went to Crowstown. Like he didn't need a championship for that kind of stuff. Like, it was just, you know, they once they reached a certain early again, early on in their careers, once they reached a certain echelon, it was just like you're you're not no matter what you do, you're not taking them back down. They're always that's gonna right. be viewed as something more than, you know, than than where they began. So that's I think that's important too. Yeah, even to this day, even in 2024, an, an incredible yeah. career. We're never going to be able to encapsulate everything, but we're going to talk about some of our highlights, some of our favorite moments throughout the years and, and favorite memories of Sting uh, before we fantasy book the dream match, Undertaker versus Sting. So very excited, uh, very different kind of episode for us, but I think it'll be a fun one. I hope all you out there in the PSK will enjoy it. Before we get into that, of course, we got to do our monthly Undertaker sighting segment. And uh, this month's Undertaker signing segment, uh, we're going to say it's going to be sponsored by tpublic.com. So everybody out there, head over to tpublic.com because that's where you can find all of our Talking Taker merch. You can get all of the classics, man. Uh, Sting, you know, Sting has had so many great shirts so much great merch throughout his career, uh, and so have we. So have we over seven years, sure. not quite 40 years. Uh, what's your favorite Talking Taker shirt to wear these days, Travis? Oh, I think right now I like the half-decade destruction one. I wear that one a lot, you know? Uh, that yeah. was what came out in 2022, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So It's getting out of date. Exactly. So I like that one. You know, it's good. Uh, I don't have King of Gong style, but I need to get that. I do like that shirt. But, There's yeah. all sorts of designs throughout the year. This also, podcast. Take Her Easy is my favorite, actually. You know, just to Take Her Easy, the classic early one, and then you updated the date on it uh, later on. So it's it good. I have both of those. So. Yeah, we got the Take Her Easy, the iconic shirt. Um, I've been wearing my PSK shirt a lot. Ooh, yeah. PSK Pride, that's my favorite one to rock these days. Uh, but that's the great thing about TeePublic. You can get any of our shirts, any of our designs on any kind of shirt. You can pick the color. I mean, most of them look good on black. But you know what? If you want to get it on a neon green shirt, you can do it. If you want to get it on tie-dye, you can yeah. do it. Yep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can get it on tank top, a long sleeve, a hoodie, a baby onesie. It's crazy how many... Talking Taker baby onesies are out there in the universe. It's true. <laughs> it's way more than I ever could have imagined. So that's very yeah. cool. Um, and, you know, a little bit of that money goes to help support the show. So we love it. It is WrestleMania season. So if you want to rock a shirt supporting your favorite podcast, supporting, you know, the greatest competitor in WrestleMania history, go over to tpublic.com and pick up a Talking Taker shirt. You'll be the talk of the town or, or your talk of your WrestleMania party. You can rock it out in Philly. Folks, if you wear one of our Talking Dagger shirts out in Philly, uh, take a picture of yourself out in WrestleMania weekend. Uh, just send it Cheese to takes us. on us. We'll send you something. We'll send you something <laughs> special. And most importantly, if you wear your Talking Taker shirt to a One Dead Man show and get a picture of yourself in the Talking Taker shirt with the Undertaker, we will send you a very special mystery prize. Randy Turco, I know he is still waiting on his prize, so I got to get that together here uh, in the next couple weeks. And I have not forgotten about you, Randy. We will get that out to you because you earned it, sir, after all your hard work. And uh, that, that prize is still available to anybody out there. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So uh, tpublic.com, 
Uh, you can always um, search for uh, or, or, or wait for one of the sales to go on because, you know, probably once or twice a month, they got everything on sale for uh, usually 35% off. So yeah, all the great wild. T-shirts, all the great merch is up there on tpublic.com. Uh, it's not too expensive. It prints on demand, and it is it's the best. <laughs> what else to say? That's right. <laughs> it's, the, it's the bee's knees. It's the cat's pajamas. Exactly. What's the scorpion sting? <laughs> all right. This month in Undertaker sightings. Uh, well, first of all, I, I want to say thank you, Travis, for my birthday present that you sent me. Uh, I didn't open it on the air, but I do want to show it off here because our fans will enjoy it. Um, <laughs> That's vintage right there. Now, were you trying to tell me something about my breath or, <laughs> or about my dental hygiene by sending me a 1999 <laughs> Undertaker toothbrush. Brother, I'm just glad it came in a package and it wasn't bristle out. Like, the bristles were were all sprayed. So, no, I mean, I just thought it was a cool piece of paraphernalia to have. I might have to start a new collection and collect Exactly. I'm trying to, you know, you're you're done with the the figures, you know, so I thought maybe you could start something else trying to get you. Toothbrush collection. Yeah, you know, talking (laughs) taker toothbrush collection. (laughs) I love it, man. Yeah. I needed that. Uh, so thank you for that. And you got uh, a carrot top mask. Oh yeah, the Undertaker Halloween <laughs> mask. It's it's, uh, it's it's harder to get to. I put it in a good yeah. spot. I can't quite get it down, but I appreciate well, leave that. Leave it up there. Only my uh, touch up. I want to show you this. You see that right there? Oh. That says Dead Man. Yes, I that like that. Officially licensed Undertaker. Friendship bracelet from the shop. Dang, uh, the Swifties have infiltrated takers. They have, man. Dang. Courtesy of Steven Zeman. Uh, awesome. He, he bought the three pack, sent one to me, sent one to Randy Turco. So we've got our I like it. Undertaker friendship bracelets on. That's cool. <laughs> you know, Undertaker was talking about Taylor Swift on his latest YouTube video. Was he? He's talking about Super fan? Bowl. So uh, yeah, yeah, Good I guess him. so. Good for him. Um, so yeah, the, the crossover is there. She's fantastic. Uh, but anybody can get one of those uh, out there on WWE Shop. Um, and awesome. Yeah, we can mention the Undertaker's YouTube channel. He, he's been he posted his latest full podcast over there. He got his new studio there. He's you know if you want to hear his thoughts on the Super Bowl or you want to hear him read ads for a daily fantasy wagering sites uh, you could do that on the six feet under youtube channel did you uh, repost that on our twitter that it was like mick foley yes <laughs> what did he say something like i didn't think i'd see this day when taker was a youtuber youtube guy uh, yeah and the rock was back and the rock yeah. was yeah the rock was back in there <laughs> it's just wild Hey, we're living in a crazy time, man. But uh, yeah, very popular. I mean, his YouTube channel is, is getting huge numbers, and uh, yeah, it's it's awesome to see him, you know, uh, fulfilling that new outlet of creativity. Still a lot of good content over there on his YouTube channel. So I know a lot of our creatures of the night are checking that out. Um, let's talk about this, man. A lot of big news over in Saudi Arabia this month for yeah. the Undertaker. Uh, he appeared at this huge soccer match. Um, and Travis, I know you're a huge soccer fan, so you, you want to fill us in all the details of that one? Do you explain the significance of that? I mean, I'm a huge uh, peewee league soccer fan. Cause my, oh. In fact, my daughter's going to start playing this year. So, yeah, oh, nice. a couple weeks from the dropping of this, she'll start practicing. So, yeah, man, I know nothing about soccer. 
Um, I just know that it's, you know, it's universal. Anybody can kick a ball. So, like, it's why it's the most popular sport. Any country you can kick a ball around. So, um, yeah, but this was a huge thing. Like, he was over there and was it Riyadh? Anyway, somewhere in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, it's the, uh, like, it's called the in, Riyadh Season Cup. Um, there you and, go. Yeah, I guess it was a... Uh, you know, a championship game of some sorts, and he was there presenting the trophy. As the dead man, like, comes out as the the character that's retired, you know, that we haven't seen since uh, Survivor Series 2020, comes out uh, in Saudi with that and presents the trophy and all that stuff, and it was just like, (laughs) blowing my brain, dude. I was just like, what is happening right now? So, it's insane, dude, but I loved it. You know, we we have long said we, we thought for sure, you know, he would make an entrance as the dead man again yeah. uh, because the last one he did was not in front of fans. It was in the Thunderdome for that final farewell. So we thought for sure at some point we get to see that. We just didn't expect it to be at a Saudi Arabian soccer match. Right. <laughs> Unannounced, out of nowhere. Uh, I cannot imagine the amount of money that went into his bank account for that one, Pan. Oh. So it had two commas in it probably i was about to say you think it was <laughs> yeah. six figures or seven uh, I mean, if it was six it was the top end of the six figures, yeah I'd easily say. brother easily. i mean i'll be happy to fly a song more power to for him. six yep. figures and dress up as the other tech. Well, you could fly to Saudi Arabia and experience the undertaker experience at the wwe experience world wwe experience what, what, what is called it called the WWE experience yeah okay it's crazy, and like, it's just all this, it's just all this cool stuff, it's almost like fan access stuff for WrestleMania week, but it's just like there in like this standalone area they have, and yeah. the Undertaker's one's like this graveyard thing, um, but they have... They made it sound um, like it's almost like an escape room, like there's like yeah. interactive stuff you do in yeah. it, I mean, the, the pictures and like, video look crazy. Yeah, and they have, like, you can create your own, the other parts of it, you can come out and do your own entrance, and there's, like, a ring, and you can take pictures in it and do all kind of stuff, and uh, they had some some wrestlers over there just th- as we were recording this this week, you know, this is President's Day, they had them over a couple of days ago, and some of those people that were there, like, a day and a half ago were on Raw tonight, this is insane, dude, the wow. folks flying back and probably getting no sleep and performing on Raw, it's wild. And then they're going to be in Australia this week. And they'll be in, they're leaving for Australia tomorrow morning, as we, as we speak, yeah. Yeah, it's insane. But um, yeah, man, this graveyard thing was pretty cool. I'd love to see it at like an access or, you know, I don't know whether they make a freaking Hall of Fame that's standalone and just do it in Orlando. Why not? Yeah, Anything else please don't there. do it in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> no, 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 no. But yeah, this is like they announced WWE World for WrestleMania is going to yeah. be like, I guess I thought it was going to be a, the same thing or a similar thing. But I guess the thing in Saudi is supposed to be permanent, like semi-permanent it, at least. yeah. If it's not permanent, it's definitely one of those, like, you know, pop-up shop things that's going to stay for probably six, eight, nine months or whatever, attraction things. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. That's crazy. Well, if any of our fans, anybody listeners, go to it, I mean, we'd love a full report. Oh, yeah. We'd love to hear all about it. Oh, yeah. For real. Um, And then, Travis, Travis, I think we got to talk about, uh, before we get into today's episode, we've got to talk about Mooneygate. That's what I'm calling it. Yeah, we talked about on last month's episode. Uh, I'm gonna add to this. Yeah, you. What's what's the original story for for everybody? The original listening? story was I was prepping for the Coliseum video and I was sitting there watching and my as my oldest came in. I don't remember when one of my kids came in. I was like, Dad, it looks like you. And I was like, What? And it was Sean Mooney. 
And then he made me pull up a picture of me, like, with short hair, like, you know, from a little while ago. And he was like, yeah, it looks just like you. I was like, no, it doesn't. So he got my other son in here, and he agreed. And then my daughter came in and said no. So you put it up on And, and on you this... took them out of your will at that point. I, I did, yeah. Yes. I took the boys out. They're no longer in it. So I only took her to Disney World, not the boys. I'm just kidding. I did not. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely choose my favorite daughter. That's for sure. So, um, cause she did not choose that I look like Sean Mooney. So, but then like you posted it on social media and I shared it on my Facebook as well. And <laughs> my mother-in-law's like, you're more handsome than that man. Oh. <laughs> and all this stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, he's from the eighties, like the nineties, like the picture is from 30 years ago. Um, but, uh, I had a guy the next morning when you put, when I reposted on my Facebook, you know, but the side by side that you had uh, put together, I walked into a, a building at work and this guy was like, Sean, Sean. And I was like, just walking by. And then finally he goes, Hey, Sean. I no turned way. around. I was like, dang, you got no me, dude. Like, yeah. Yeah. Randy got me, dude. I was like, ah, I see what you're doing there. I uh, thought he was just being dumb, but no, he was calling me Sean Money. So I appreciated that. Randy Turco said he can't unsee it. Yeah, me neither. Uh, Mike Prue from the Bottom Line cast said you just need to embrace it. You you look like him and John Stamos. So uh, (laughs) just roll with it. Just embrace it. Uh, You know, the people overwhelmingly spoke, man. They agreed. I got told yesterday at church that I was looking, if I had some sunglasses, uh, I looked like Jim Morrison on the cover of one of those Doors albums. So here we go. (laughs) Dang, that's that's impressive, too. So just embrace it. You are the illegitimate son of Sean Mooney. I think we can all agree. If I'd had time tonight, I should have put some white face paint on and some crow stuff on because I was growing my hair out like the crow sting. Ah, uh, I wish you day. would have. Yeah, well, I had to put the kids to bed immediately before this and wipe that down. So it would have been a little weird. You go do it while we're recording. It's like yeah. a makeup tutorial oh, video. One of those, yeah. Yeah. yeah, stay with me as I do makeup. Yeah, <laughs> those TikToks and stuff—it's crazy. The uh, kudos to your kids—you shared some footage of them performing their tombstones as well. Yeah, man. On Facebook. Yeah. Yep. They're trying to tombstone. The, the younger one has it better than the older one, so you know have to shape up and learn. But yeah, they're re- they're really big getting into it. You know, uh, my youngest one is watching all kinds of videos on YouTube and stuff. And dad, Lo- just, just, your daughter. No, my youngest son. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but um, they're gonna. They probably won't watch Elimination Chamber live because it's at 5 a.m. But we'll definitely. You know, I'll show it to them. But they're excited for Mania and excited. They, they I told them that Rock was gonna take Cody's spot, and they were a little bummed out about it just because they're big Cody fans, man. Oh yeah. So yeah. you know now that's kind of back on track, or we don't really know yet. I mean, supposedly back on track. We'll see. But um, they're big, big Cody fans. They're ready for Cody to finish the story. Oh at man. Wrestling, I, so I, I wish I could be that young. It brings me so much happiness to see yeah, them like be so into great. it like we were, you know. So, yeah. Well, much like you were when you discovered this guy right here, Sting. Man, I don't think I got my voice high enough for that. Sting. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get that Georgia Bulldog Sting. That's right, man. <laughs> So where were you? I mean, you said how old do you think you were when you when you came across? sting on your tv five probably mm-hmm. just flipping through uh yeah i got my tv in my room christmas when i was five years old so you know so that'd be ni- six, 91 91 christmas so yeah i was on you know almost I'm six you know parts. after that I'm, it's, and it was probably just a saturday night you know 605 yeah flipping through 
<laughs> leave the cards down. I'm done just keep <laughs> um, You know, uh, just probably flipping through and just saw him, you know, or maybe it was a recap of Clash of Champions. So I don't know, man. But he had already, you know, had the title and well. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, 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 he would have already had that match. Um, but yeah, but he was just, he just, I, I can't remember the match or whatever. I just remember seeing him and being like, man, I don't know what's going on, but this is awesome. And then, you know, just kind of catching him later. I wasn't tuned in religiously, but anytime I did, I wanted to see him. Like, he's the guy I wanted to see when I, when I saw it. So, yeah. Um, I'm trying, I was trying to remember when I would have first seen him. Um, cause I was, I've always, been and especially back then i was more of a wwf guy than wcw yeah. i don't even remember when i first even discovered wcw but i, I think it was through my aunt uh, my aunt kathy who was um a big wrestling fan in like the 80s and, and early 90s um uh, but she was a big wcw fan uh and she actually gave me this guy, a little Boom. Sting Galoob figure. And I'm sure I had seen Sting before I got this action figure. Um, I know she gave me some tapes, like some old Starcade and Super Brawl tapes um, that she recorded off pay-per-view. Um, so I, I definitely had seen him through that or, or Clash of the Champions or something. But, yeah, did you, you had one of these? I don't think I had that. Oh, really? I yeah, assumed you I had it. I don't think it. I had any of those. I had the Jake the Snake because it came yeah. with a the snake, snake. Uh, and the little arm that pulled back and went forward. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have him, but Jake, the snake is another guy that, that appealed to me a lot too. He just sure. had something that, that I was drawn to. Um, but yeah, sting, I don't think I had any figures until, you know, oh. late nineties when I started buying okay. them myself. Okay. So well, yeah. I feel like every kid who had wrestling figures, even if you just had WF figures, you probably had a sting figure yeah. in there somewhere. It's an iconic figure, man. He doesn't move, but, like just, you can still just do the scorpion yeah. splash, uh, you still whatever. Sting. Just that iconic sting pose. Uh, you could pitch, pretend he's doing like beating his mm-hmm. chest like that. Oh man, just a guy who jumped off the screen at you with that bleach blonde hair, with the rat tail, uh, with the neon <clears throat> color tights. Um, so 90s uh, or 80s even with yeah. those colors. Um, but so iconic. Um, so he, we're, and like I said, we're not going to go through his entire career highlights here, but I thought we could just talk about a, um, just a brief outline of his career and I'll, you know, kind of help us uh, come up with some favorite moments to talk about. But he yeah. started professionally in 1985 in all California championship wrestling um, as Flash. Uh, that was his original ring name in a tag team with Jim Justice Helwig, better known as the Ultimate Warrior. The Ultimate Warrior. Uh, or just uh, Warrior. <laughs> right. Or an insane person. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, he, they went to Memphis eventually, uh, our favorite territory, and turned heel. <clears throat> And I learned this as I was doing my research. Their their highlight in Memphis apparently was breaking the leg of a veteran wrestler by the name of Phil Hickerson, better known as P Y U. Yes, boy, dude, a favorite here. Another favorite, Phil Hickerson. Okay, the fact that the fact that they interacted with him and so did Taker early on is me. That's beautiful, beautiful chef's kiss. I, I think both guys probably learned everything they knew from old P.Y. Chuhai. Chuhai. I'm going to tell you, man, I ain't got nothing against you, you know, and I'm 
since y'all been here, I've been trying to hip y'all, you know, I've been talking to everybody. You ain't got no right to come out here and say, hey, you know, I had to see an inside of a gym and I'm fat. And then I said, you don't have a right to say that. Let me tell you something. You know the reason why you had to wrestle against Lawler and any, like Dundee, Mantel, myself, or Coco? The reason you two have not wrestled in new matches because you're green and you don't know how to wrestle. The only thing that you know how to do, brother, is to pull them switches down and put them steroids in that booty. That's the only thing that you tell in this note. And you know how you're coming. But dude, I always thought it was so wild that these two guys, Steve Borden, a.k.a. Sting, and Jim Helwig, the Ultimate Warrior, they just started as jabrones together. They came into <laughs> yeah. business together. These no-name guys in some little tiny territory. What are the odds that these two guys – what are the odds that one of them would go on to be – one of the biggest icons in wrestling, much less two of them. Like not even just, they both made it and had great careers, but both of them just absolute icons. It's, it's Mm -hmm. kind of insane. It's insane. It's kind of like that class of, uh, 2002 from like, um, you know, from Ohio Valley, you know, just mainly the two top guys being Cena and, you know, Orton or Batista or whatever, but, or Brock. I mean, well, never mind all four, but like, yeah, just this random assortment of guys that just, take over the business and it's like imagine if like hulk and rick flair were just a jabron tag team you know that's that's what it is exactly the ultimate warrior yeah or if like rock and austin were just some jabrone tag team like in texas out of nowhere like that's what it would be the equivalent of so yeah it's insane to think about yeah it's mm. crazy well they go on to be in the uwf together let's take <laughs> a big break yeah. yeah like pinky in the brain what's the what's the song <laughs> one is something the other is insane yeah <laughs> Warriors. We'll let y'all figure out who's <laughs> Had there. to bring the early 90s into it. <laughs> you have to. Um, they were the Blade Runners in the UWF. That's a cool name. That's a great name. Coca-Cola in here, by the way, in honor of WCW Atlanta. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, born in the South right there. Exactly. Uh, I've got my Where the Big Boys Play cup. Look at that adjective. Look at that adjective, baby. that adjective. Uh, well, they go their separate ways in 1987, and he... They took a journey. Ended, separate yeah. ways. Warrior ended up in WWE. Sting ended up in NWA slash WCW. And he was in Jim Crockett Promotions' first ever pay-per-view match. I didn't realize Dang. this. But Starcade 87, he's in the opening match, teaming up with Michael Hayes, Duke, 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 and Jimmy <laughs> Garvin against Eddie Gilbert, Rick Steiner, and Larry Zabisco. What a rogue gallery. That mm. is beautiful right there. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Hall of Famers all the way down. Yes. Um, but he gets his big break. You know, he's he's obviously a star right off the bat, you know, again with his look, his charisma, his personality. But the big break comes at Clash of the Champions 1, the very first Clash of the Champions, March 1988. It's this free special that comes on TBS to go up against 
WrestleMania 4. It's JCP's big uh, kind of screw you to Vince. They put on this free show uh, sort of as an answer because Vince had put on the Survivor Series up against Starcade the year before. So instead of putting another pay-per-view on, they do a free show. And what a match to main event. Sting and Ric Flair in a 45-minute draw for the world title. I know you've seen that one before, man. Just like I can't even name how many times I've seen this match. It is one of my favorites. Spoiler alert. Uh, it is. It's so good. And just talk about a star making performance, how you can get over without going over. Mm. Um, that's one thing Bully Ray always talks about on Busted Open. Like, you don't have to go over to get over. This is the prime example of it right here. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, if you've yeah. never seen that match before, definitely, especially as Sting retires here and, and, and you're looking at some – classic sting matches to go back and look for go out of your way to go see mm-hmm. that it still holds up it's yeah. a masterful storytelling piece it's great and from what i recall he'd never gone that long if i if i were, I mean, depending on which you know story you tell or you listen to from flair like he says this thing had never gone that long so he just kind of went out there and they knew what they were doing and they kind of called it in the ring and like they used to old school style and it's just great for a guy who was i mean still he wasn't like green as grass, but he was still a couple years in the business, you know, it's not like a lot. So to go out there with the, the world's champion and, and, you know, you know, just have that match. It's, it's fantastic, dude. It Flair did that with a lot of guys, but like yeah. not to that level that I think this he did it the, with Sting. Yeah. This one's the most like put a guy on a map match that Flair had with somebody. And Sting, uh, lived up to it too you know, yeah it wasn't just like a, a one and done thing you know flair put him on the map but sting established himself there it really started a rivalry that would follow them not right. just through wcw but into tna impact as well for years and years and they're together in AEW. who knows if he's going to turn on him yeah, exactly you know so have bad money on it <laughs> probably well, Sting joins the Horsemen there briefly for a little while, and it's sort of like, um, you know, like Daniel Bryan joining the Wyatt family or something. Right. You know, like we, we all know where it's going to lead to. It's just kind of stalling it out, making the big turn a little bit bigger. Um, and he's supposed Storytelling. to, yeah, he's supposed to win the world title from Flair a little bit earlier, but he actually mm-hmm. legitimately blows his knee out climbing up a steel cage on it's either pay-per-view or clash of the champions or something. And yeah. so that match has to get postponed. Um, but during his time off, you know, it's actually kind of a great thing that the match got postponed because we got an incredible moment with Sting and RoboCop at Capital Combat 1990. Did, did we? <laughs> oh, we got the moment. <laughs> yeah. But did we need it? <laughs> Sometimes there are moments, sometimes there are moments that you don't need, but you just get them anyway. So, yeah, this is the infamous Capital Combat with Sting and RoboCop, and it is just, looking back on it, I just cannot believe it. But, you know, honestly, in my early fandom, when I went back and, like, watched this, I was like, this is cool. (laughs) It's not, but it is. Hey, it's nostalgic. Robocop walked so Logan Paul could run, man. It's exactly. just like 
we've <laughs> we've come a long way for celebrity appearances. Yeah, exactly. Bad Bunny. Can you imagine RoboCop in the Royal Rumble or something? Yeah, that I can. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. They had a zombie match three years ago. Let's oh, do that's it. That's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Come on, you can't make TNA fun of had this. a TNA had a Texas Chainsaw Leatherface match. Like it's you know. Let's do a or Rebel Cup. Or AEW, I mean, yeah. yeah. TNA's had worse. <laughs> TNA has had worse. That's a great They've had matches where you start on the outside and make it into the ring. It's like, what a stupid. <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah. It's one of the great Jim Ross calls of all time, this, this Robocop angle, too. It's great oh. commentary from JR. <laughs> oh, you know, he just loves it. He gives us all his NCAA stats and stuff. Oh, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> Uh, Great American Bash 90. You got to highlight that. That's Sting finally winning the big one uh, with Ric Flair. It, it's you know, it's not as great of a match as the Clash of the Champions one, but what a crowd reaction, dude. Mm-hmm. The crowd just goes nuts. It's, it's, it's going to be like when Cody eventually wins the big one, hopefully, eventually, just like something you've been waiting for and waiting for, and they've been teasing for so long, and finally happens. Um, incredible moment. One of the best moments in WCW history, in my opinion. And do you remember what he wins with? Roll up. Or like a small a package. School, well, yeah, a small package. So, like, um, it's just that it's, it's not a bunch of false finish, false finish, big, built, which there's nothing wrong with that. I love that style. But, like, it just kind of comes, like, Rick Flair kicks out at, like, 3.1. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's Sting pinned his shoulders to the ground and held him down and, and beat him. Like, that's that's what wrestling is supposed to be. You know, that's what the it's it's all disguised as is an actual match between two guys trying to pin their shoulders down. So, um, yeah, it's just really cool how he won it. It wasn't like a scorpion death drop, you know, and then, you know, uh, scorpion death lock and then tap out. It was just like a uh, small package. Boom. One, two, three. Yeah. I outsmarted you. I held you down. Mm. Like, it's really cool to see him win that way, in my opinion. I agree, hundred percent. And again, another great call from Jim Ross. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was watching some of these old matches back this week. I think my favorite person to hear Jim Ross call a match for might be Sting. Like, yeah. in, the, in the in the early '90s when Jim Ross is at his best, you know, before he's had all his health problems and everything, yeah. and he's old school Jim Ross. Like the way he got excited for Sting. Sting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know Jim Ross will always be connected to Stone Cold. <laughs> But dude, listening to him call a Sting match at his peak at his high was like giving me goosebumps, dude. Yeah, I freaking you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, well, through the night he is like the wrestler of the '90s for WCW. Of course, he's gonna team up on and off with Lex Luger. They'll team together. They'll face each other. Uh, it'll be all over the place. He's got some rivalries in the early '90s with Cactus Jack, Jake the Snake, oh, yes, Vader. Yes. 
we got to talk about Vader because I think my favorite Sting matches are not Sting versus Flair. Mine are Sting versus Vader. These guys had unreal chemistry with one another. Yeah. Who'd have thought? You know, who'd have thought? And it's a lot of guys that Vader <clears throat> was stiff with and didn't want to work with. Like, I've never heard Sting say a bad word about him, you know, about Vader. Yeah, he says he's tough, but he's never bad-mouthed him, you know. But, yeah, Vader brought out something in Sting. It just made it – it's just some guys that you don't think have chemistry have chemistry. You just never know. Like, and it's just – like, Angle and Taker, honestly. Like, you don't – those guys shouldn't mesh well, but they did. You know, it's just crazy, you know. Um, yeah, it's just great big man match, brutal stuff too. Oh, it truly felt like a superhero movie. Yeah, watching these guys face each other because you have Sting is like the comic book character. Wolverine's juggernaut. Well, yeah, he's got the face paint. Vader's got the mask. That's exactly right, man. Vader is the juggernaut. He's this monster. He never stops. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Sting, you know, sells, 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 and then finally, you know, he, he. He's finally uh, one of these matches I was watching. They were sound commentary. He's doing rope a dope basically. He's just letting mm-hmm. Vader punch himself out, and finally Vader tires him, tires himself out. Sting gets this, this big slam and pins him, and it's just ah, yep. oh, so good. So good. Again, he's he's yeah, he outsmarts him, holds him down. So yeah, it's great stuff, man. I heard some interview clip or something, a podcast, something I don't know, but um, they're talking about Sting and TNA uh, working with Samoa Joe and like. Uh, you know, Samoa Joe had, had a strong style and everything and worked stiff. And guys were like, oh, Sting, man, you think you can go with, with, with Samoa Joe? You think you can handle that? And he's like, brother, I've been in the ring with Leon White. And so nothing scares me <laughs> yeah. in life anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, not bad mouth Vader, just saying, you know, yeah, I've been yeah. through this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I've been through some stuff. <laughs> well, he goes through a little stuff here in 1994 as Hulk Hogan comes into the company and really turns WCW up on its head. The company's never the same after Hulk Hogan comes in uh, for a lot of good reasons, maybe some not so great reasons. Uh, and for Sting, uh, it's he's going to become like the second or third baby face uh, when Hogan arrives. And, you know, that's that's fine. You know, things happen. Uh, you can't be a top guy forever, but he's going to kind of move down the card a little bit. And uh, we're going to see him start to change his look a little bit here into 95 and 96. Um, he starts to grow his hair out a little bit, starts stops dyeing the hair a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of that look for Sting? Well, once I saw where it was going with the crow, I was like, oh, OK, I get it. But like, yeah, it was just de- it's definitely weird to see, <clears throat> you know, when um because at the time I think I was tuning back in, or I tuned back in, he was already become the NWO was there, and so he was already. I saw this, so I didn't get to see the transition, but until I rented tapes and went back and watched it, and so yeah, it was definitely weird to see him stop having bleach blonde hair. But I was like, it looks more natural, and he was just changing with the times, you know. I like yeah. it growing out a little bit, so it was yeah. something different because you don't want to be the same all the time, you know. Yeah, I think in, in like the same way, you know, Undertaker dropped the the mm-hmm. gloves and, and the boots and everything, starts just wearing the all black and mm-hmm. starts wearing like the MMA gloves or just the wrist tape or something. Um, yeah, it will change the times, like a little bit more modern, and it's always important to change your look up like that. Yeah. Uh, Sting is of course on the very first Monday Nitro against That's who right. else but the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, the Nature Boy, him there in the Mall of America. My office is a 12 by 12 cage made out of wood, iron, 
steel. There are no coffee breaks. Meetings are dog-eat-dog. And my co-workers? 400-pound men that want to drill me into the floor. Just another day at the office. Up, up with Sting and the big boys of the WCW. Live on WCW Monday Nitro. Every Monday night at 8 on TNT. And then... The biggest match in WCW history, Bash at the Beach, 1996. He is on the team with Luger and Macho Man to face the Outsiders. And just goes to show you how important Sting was. Luger and Macho Man, what do they look like in that match? They painted their face like Sting. Absolutely. Exactly. So he's a leader there. Yeah. Exactly. I love it. Sting's army. I ordered that pay-per-view live. I'll never forget it. Never forget just basically crying when Hulk Hogan joined the NWO. Devastating moment. But those were, you know, Sting was one of the pillars of WCW. You had to have him there defending WCW's honor in that moment and that night. And that's going to lead to the biggest angle of his career, probably the biggest angle in WCW history. Because he's going to continue. Yeah, he's going to continue feuding with the NWO (laughs) through 96. Um, That They're going to start. NWO is going to start acting like Sting's on their side, and he's going to join them for the war games. So that's the big angle for war games, Fall Brawl 96, whose team is Sting's going to be on. The NWO ends up using a fake Sting uh, to join their side and deceive the WCW before the real Sting comes out. And he feels betrayed that his partners would think he was joining the NWO. He comes out. He joins the match. He beats up the NWO. But then he just walks away in the middle of the match. And he's like, is that good enough for you guys? Did that answer it for you? He feels betrayed that anyone would think he wouldn't be WCW strong. And that, of course, leads to the crow. What's he getting to? I don't like the the tone of this at all. sweat and my tears for WCW. I don't like where this is going. So for all of those fans out there and all those wrestlers and people that never doubted the stinger, I'll stand by you if you stand by me. But, but for all of the people, all of the commentators, all of the wrestlers and all of the best friends who did doubt me, you can stick it. From now on, I consider myself a free agent. But that doesn't mean that you won't see the stinger. From time to time, I'm going to pop in when you least expect it. Yeah, and this is just <clears throat> an iconic angle, and it's again, it's what drew me back into uh, wrestling at, at this time. You know, whatever it was, ten years old, going or going on eleven years old. <clears throat> you know, it's what drew me back into it. And uh, I was, I texted my buddy Trey before we start recording, and asked him. He's like me, big, big, big Sting fan. And that's what got him into wrestling. And he said that this was, you know, his, you know, favorite. I guess, angle of stings, you know, the, probably the one he's going to be remembered for the most is just changing his look up, um, becoming the crow sting, you know, which again, we, we learned, uh, that was Scott Hall's idea. Yeah. Scott Hall's the one that gave him the idea to, you know, just, you seen the movie, the crow, just do that, you know, <laughs> do black and white and nobody knows what side you're on and just don't talk. And so we'll talk more about the angle as it goes here, but yeah, just definitely, um, 
it's like a career renaissance. So he has two different eras. Like he has the Bleach Blonde thing, then he has this. Now he would go on to do Joker stuff and whatever in this era he's in now, but like he's still the Crow saying like it's still that base, you know. So basically has two different eras. Kind of like Taker has like the Dead Man in the American BA. Bingo. Back to the Dead Man. So they kind of <clears throat> mirror each other in that aspect, which is crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, both being pillars of their companies too. And it's such a radical shift and such a, a unique storyline. There's really never been anything quite like it before or since. I was thinking about that earlier today. I was thinking like, you know, he goes from – because the guy you have right there, the bleach blonde hair, the, he would give promos and, I'm a little stinger, and whoa, and he's beating his chest. And, you know, get, and, and to go from that to not speaking for 18 months – and hiding in the rafters and rappelling down and is he going to be on Nitro or not? They kind of just speculate, is he here or not? But it wasn't just a change for change's sake. It had a meaning in the storyline. There are too many times when guys nowadays introduce a new character or a new um, aspect to their character, but it's just flips on a dime and there's no reason for it, which is why I'll go back again. We, you and I both love the guy now, JBL, but when he became JBL – it made no sense because like a mm. month earlier he was the APA guy yeah. and all of a sudden he changed, but it didn't make sense. You didn't get there gradually. You can't bring back Lord Tensai when we all know he's Albert. <laughs> you can't bring in the Funkasaurus when we know he's Brodus Clay and just change. Like you have to have a reason for these things. If you want to, you know, get, break it down and be serious. Like Sting had a reason for why he went dark. He had a reason for why he went, didn't trust anybody. He's hiding by himself. He's alone. It all made sense. And so it wasn't just a change for change's sake, you know? So I am ranting here, but I just appreciate that so much because I don't think anybody has ever made that drastic of a change with as much meaning as Sting has. No, you know? I can't think of anything in the history of wrestling to compare it to. And even our boy Taker, who changed to the American BA, honestly – there really wasn't a reason except for Mark Calloway just wanted to do it. Like on screen, there was no reason. You know what I'm saying? Like we no, all grew wasn't. to love it and it's okay. <laughs> but like, you and I didn't love it for years. We still liked Taker, but like we didn't love the character because it was so abrupt and such a stark kind. So like, again, Sting, I think is the only guy in history who has made that drastic of a change for a storyline reason. And it made sense. And it was like acceptable. You know, we could yeah. all go, Oh, I get this. Yeah, I got it. So anyway, like I said, I'll go off soapbox, but it just I don't think anybody's ever done it better than him. So. And and I give full credit to you know, I know it wasn't totally his idea, but I give cre lots of credit to Eric Bischoff for yeah. like sticking with that to take mm -hmm. your top guy, not just do this for a month or two or, or even, you know, three, maybe six months, but to go over a year to not months. have your top wrestler wrestle not have him cut a promo, not have him speak to build up to this match. I mean, that takes some some brass balls. Dude. Could you like, imagine now? Yeah. Like, Roman shows up, you know, twice a month, and people moan and complain about that. Ooh, Roman, he's, a, he's the top guy, you know? That's what Sting was doing back then. Imagine yeah. if there was social media back then. People would cry I, all over it. I do feel like I remember towards the end being like, all right, you know, when is this going to happen? But because you knew they were getting to Starcade, yeah. And you know, at a certain point, you were like, all right, we, we know where this is going. But I, I feel like even as a kid, like 
September, October is like, all right, we're kind of stalling to get Starcade, but sure. it was worth it. And, and we'll oh, talk yeah. about that in a minute. But um, I mean, and full credit to Sting. Like we, we talk about Undertaker taking his PTO and you know having to take a bump. <laughs> Sting getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to not take a bump for over a year. How about yeah. that? 18 months. You want me to hang out in the Raptors and maybe not show up and grow my hair out? Absolutely. Where do I sign? But it was great, too, because, you know, we undersell it by saying he just hung out in the Raptors for a year because, you know, he was still very involved and he would, yeah. you know, descend from the Raptors at important times. And we would wonder for a while, is he on WCW side? Is he on the NWO side? And he would, you know, very timely, he would make these saves for for people and he would pull out the bat, which became, you know, an important thing that he would carry with him for the rest of his career. That became his new weapon of choice. Um, he debuted a new move during this time. Let me talk about that. That's Please. why I'm wearing this shirt right here. It's okay. my Jeff Jarrett shirt. So if I'm not <laughs> I was mistaken. Wondering. I'm not mistaken. The first time he does the Scorpion Death Drop is against this man right here. I believe. Okay. Okay. So I may be wrong. You guys can correct me on that. But okay, it's World War Three, 1996. So that's November. Sting. No, it's Jeff Jarrett versus the Giant. I believe the Giant is in the NWO at this point. Um, Sting. If the match is happening, Sting is shown up in the Raptors. They show him up there. The fans just. I think it's the Norfolk Scope. The fans erupt. And the spotlight's on him. He finally makes his way down through the crowd. The fans are just going. Nobody cares what's going on in the ring because Sting is there. You know, it's been at this point, it's been what five months since the NWO debuted. So he's got his hair shorter. He just got the like the little tiny black right here. You know, doesn't yeah. have all of it. Yeah. Uh, he's still got the black trench coat. He's not saying a thing. He comes down. Jarrett's in the ring doing his strut like this. Sting just pulls his hair back, looks at him. Scorpion death drop. Boom. That's it. The, he gets out of the ring. I think Giant comes in and wins. But again, the commentary, Dusty Rhodes on commentary, Shivani and maybe Heenan, and they're like, you know, what side is he on? Is that him? You know, he just saved the NWO, but, you know, is he Team WCW? And this was in that whole era where they're, you know, which side is he on? You don't, you don't know where he is. He's a loner. He's a lone wolf. That's why I'm rocking this shirt because that right it. there is one of my favorite moments of, of this era of Sting. I didn't watch it live, but. I rented this tape. My buddy from church, his name was Jared. I, I watched a lot of wrestling with him uh, at this time. And so we rented it. It was, it was after, um, you know, NWO was around. It's probably in 97 we rented yeah. it. But like just going back and watching like the – because I wanted to see how we got to where we got to, you know. And so I couldn't read it on the internet really much that day. I mean it's 96, 97, so it wasn't yeah. a lot of stuff going on. No, probably, no, no, no. But um, so I remember renting them, you know, they, they come out on tape, what, every three months or you know, three months afterwards. So, yeah, this is November. So probably in February of 97 when I'm finally renting it and getting to watch it. I just remember seeing that and being like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like he just <laughs> didn't. He just it's so cool. Like we, we look at Austin and like Austin was an antihero. Like he just came in and DDT the bad the the bad guy who's on the good side, though, and like kind of just was like, yeah. You guys don't know about me. Like, it just kind of—it's such a like a um, such a Clint Eastwood thing to do, man. Well, just, like, it's come ahead in, of its time. Do it, you know, yeah. For, for what wrestling would become, yeah. You know, to be the anti-hero, like that. yeah, exactly. So yeah. it was just so cool, man. Like I just that that I think he, if he didn't debut that move that night, he'd done it a, like a week before on Nitro or two weeks before on Nitro to Jared again. I think it was the second time he did it to Jared, but that was that was when he debuted the Scorpion Death Drop, which uh -huh. was one of my favorite moves. 
it's an underrated finisher and of course you know he had the scorpion deathlock which was awesome and i I, it came first before Mm -hmm. the sharpshooter yes i'm pretty sure and um although i think in my opinion bret hart does it better but you gotta give credit for to staying for, for pulling it out first um but the scorpion death drop it was awesome to see him make that change again we've seen undertaker do that many times you know to to go from the tombstone to the last ride and then into the uh the hell's gate and add those submissions Mm -hmm. to his uh to his repertoire but um stink i think it's an underrated finisher dude because you could do it on anybody you can do it quick like you said pulling the hair back like that it's almost like austin hitting the the kick and the stunner Mm -hmm. like it's just an iconic move um and it's it's simple it's basic but when sting does it it's awesome it's awesome tommaso champa did it on raw tonight i I just watched him do it a little while ago on raw it's just it's it's not a finisher anymore but it should be it should be you know but yeah it's a great move yeah when he just pulled the hair back and look at him in the face I remember you do that on WWE <clears throat> NWO uh, yeah. uh, Revenge. Revenge. Yeah, yeah. he would yeah. pull him back, like, slowly look at him in the face, and then do it. It was just so cool, man. Yes. It's so cool, the way he did it. Nobody does it like him. Well, it was all building up to Starcade 97, and I was thinking about this this week, dude. I, I, I don't know if I'm being hyperbolic just lead to, to talk about it on the show, but I, I le- legitimately think – this was probably the most excited I ever was to see a wrestling pay-per-view, was ah. to see Sting finally face Hogan yes. at Starcade 97. I really think it was. I, I agree. I mean, again, I was short into my, in my infancy of my fandom here, but, like, I was so pumped. Like, I, my parents never let me rent or get pay-per-views. But like, I wanted to get this the most of my, anything in my life. I wanted yes. to see this match because it had been building for 18 months. You know, I wanted to see what's going to happen, you know? And it played out how it played out, but well, yeah, I think it's, it's, but the anticipation is there and you know, it's just something that you just could not wait to see. And it was built so perfectly. That's right. And and in some ways it didn't matter what happened once they went in the ring, because it's all about getting there and getting that buy rate and everything, Mm -hmm. but it is, you know, we can't ignore it. It's, It's a weird match. It doesn't quite live up to expectations. I don't know if there was just ring rust for Sting. There's backstage politics. He wasn't tan enough, as Eric Bischoff likes to say. But uh, he does. The, oh, and then there's the weird stuff with Bret Hart. There's the fast count that's not really a fast count. I mean, no one really knows the full story. But Sting does win the title. And you do get that great moment with him finally defeating the NWO. So, you know, at least for a moment, uh, you know, the, the right thing does happen. And, you know, get that payoff. Yeah, and even as a kid, though, as an 11-year-old, when I watched it, when I, read, I, mean, I knew what happened because of Nitro the next day or whatever. I think my friend called me, maybe, or maybe you called me and told me what happened. I don't know. Anyway, but um, when I watched it back, like, I still – I didn't I didn't see all that. And maybe hmm. it's just the, the naivety of being a child, you know, and just seeing it. Like, I didn't care that the fast count wasn't fast count. I was so enraptured by the story. I was just like, he finally overcame – the mighty NWO and won the title for yeah. WCW, even though Lex Luger did it earlier. <laughs> we won't talk right. about that. Yeah, yeah, sure, but sure. <laughs> in the grand arc of the story, like this should have been the end of the NWO. It wasn't, but it, it was just beautiful, man. It was just, and again, backstage politics, whatever. As a kid, though, watching it, I was just like, ah, this is great. Right. So and that's what it's all about. I didn't become jaded to it until later on in life. I was like, ah, I could have been a lot better. <laughs> Well, he actually he gets stripped of the title the yeah. next night on Nitro, and and they probably 
in hindsight, probably not the best way to go with it, but he ends up winning it back a couple months later. And yeah, um, the, like the February, right? And then, I, I, in my opinion, in '98, you know, the WWE storyline really starts to stall out. Um, storyline wise, I mean, popularity wise, they're as popular as ever, bringing in as much money as ever. But to me, whew, it was a betrayal. Even though it was a baby face, but it was a betrayal to see Sting join the NWO, even though it was the Wolf Pack and even though they were the babyface faction. It was always weird to me to see Sting wearing an NWO shirt after all he'd done fighting against the NWO. But we got to talk about it. The iconic red and black look for Sting. Loved it. <laughs> I loved it, dude. Just because it was Georgia Bulldog colors, I loved it. I like, and again, I think I was able to be cool with it because it was the babyface faction, and it wasn't. Yeah, it was Nash, but it wasn't. I think to me, it was Hogan was always the anti-Sting guy. It was like as long as he wasn't with Hogan, it was okay with me. But if he had joined Hogan, I would have been like, eh, I don't know if I can sure. do that. But I think it's because it was he was with Luger, he was with you know these kind of ancillary NWO figures, you know. And Nash was just freaking cool, dude. Nash yeah. was. The man. So I didn't mind him being in NWO because again, it kind of to me they made it made sense. But uh, it was just cool. This was, that was a fun run to me. I, I love. The Wolfpack was, was fun. He was a tag team champion with I think um, Big Show. Big Show was in black mm-hmm. and white, maybe um, NWO or Dosta. I don't know. But anyway, but he winds up. They they fight a singles match at a pay per view for the tag titles and yeah. DD, <laughs> reverse DDT or Death drops him off the middle rope. To win, it's just it was cool, man. I watched that on Scramble Vision. I remember. Yeah. So, I was listening to it, it was the night before one of my church beach trip. When, yeah. when we're listening to it, so all the whole week I bought a I bought a uh, in every Wolfpack shirt that summer Ooh. at Myrtle Beach. Yeah, good stuff, man. Too sweet. Exactly. Yeah, that's where Sting really started doing the too sweet, and I mean, mm-hmm. he, he still does it to this mm-hmm. day. He still throws it up. Uh, the only time I've seen Sting live was as Sting as, as okay. Wolfpack Sting. So, yeah, I wanted to ask you that at, at some point. Uh, so what, what the was Georgia that? Dome. Georgia Dome. Him and oh, Luger versus, I think right. it was like Riggs and Sick Boy or something. It's in like tag a match. squash so it match. Like, yeah, yeah. It was like 90 seconds long. Oh, man. That was the only time I've seen Sting live. Um, so I'll talk about how I missed him in 2000 as we get to that later on. But Mine was a house show in 94, and it was him against Avalanche, a.k.a. Earthquake. Yeah. It was one of the main events there, and they faced each other. And I, I, I did, I, I meant I didn't have time. I was gonna go back and look. So I went to a couple Saturday night tapings in like the mid '90s. I may have seen him again during one of those. But I can't quite remember exactly, but that's the one I remember vividly. So I yeah, definitely got to see him at least once. 
Um, in 99, he actually turns heel for a minute. Do you really remember much about that? Because I really wasn't watching WCW as hardcore that time. Is it Fall Brawl 99? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yep. So Russo is there. Um, I think. I think Russo's there. I think so. It right? was either right before or right after. Yeah. Yeah. He's he right around. Then. It's only about three weeks because it doesn't work. I think, he, I think he hits Hogan with a bat. I'm not mistaken. Hogan's in the red and yellow at this point. And he hits Hogan with a bat and kind of sides with Luger against him. And the crowd's kind of indifferent to it. They don't know what they, they cheer because it's Sting. But, you know, Hogan's a bay face. But I think it only lasts like. He's, I think he wins a title that way, but he's um. I think so. Mm-hmm. He's only a champion, or he, he's only a heel for like maybe three weeks. It just doesn't work. You just can't, just can't do it with him at that point in that iteration of Sting. No. You know? Um. There's a reason he's able to be a heel later in TNA, but um, it's it didn't work here. And you know they, I'm, kudos for pivoting and going back to. Yeah. You know, to what it was. Dubstep, so. you throwing a lot of stuff at the wall, not quite working, but um. Yeah. yeah, one of one of his later feuds, one of his final feuds in WCW is against Vampiro in the Dark Carnival. Insane Here for all of Boston, it. Yeah. Great Muda. I, that was cool. I, it <laughs> Here was for a, all of it. It makes sense to have those guys against each other. You, you could see certainly Sting's influence on Vampiro. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, that totally worked. Yeah, Millionaire's Club versus New Blood. I was like, you got to do Sting and Vampiro, and they did for like the whole summer, and and it was it made sense, and they had the del torborg kiss demon and the what was it the dark carnival was uh there's like uh raven and vampiro and so ICP, Muda maybe right? yeah and icp and, so yeah, yeah. they kind of all intertwined before raven left and it was just cool stuff man and like seeing sting again i saw sting wasn't a champion but like he was able to be it elevated vampiro just to be in the ring with sting being storyline with sting you absolutely know, like he, it made so him a star Exactly. Like, I loved Vampiro as a wrestler. The guy is insane. But I loved Vampiro on screen. He was awesome. And uh, just really, I was in, just enthralled by anything Sting did, man. I just loved it. So, yeah, that was his last, like, huge feud in 2000 was all through that New Blood era. Um, hey, you talk about Great Muda. I mean, that's another guy he had some yeah. bangers with. Um, in the early days of WCW. But yeah, he actually gets hurt in late 2000. Um, really, that feud with Vampiro, that's like the most Undertaker-ish mm-hmm. his character ever mm-hmm. was. And that feud had Inferno matches and a lot of casket stuff. So that's like the most intertwined with the dark yeah. side we ever saw Sting. Yeah. And, uh, he, um, so the reason he, he gets hurt in the storyline with Scott Steiner, Scott Steiner is putting out, he's champion, he's putting out all the main guy. He's putting right. out, he puts out Sting, he puts out DDP, he puts out Nash, he puts out Booker T. You know, like Booker T winds up coming back eventually. But anyway, so Sting got put out. I think it was the Raw, not Raw, the Nitro or the pay-per-view before I went to see the last Nitro I ever saw. It was in, it was in Augusta in 2000 mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. you were supposed to be able to go with me, which you couldn't. Um, <laughs> my grades were too bad. Grades were too bad, so you couldn't go. <laughs> so, yeah, me and Jonathan went with my brother's girlfriend at the time. She, he wouldn't take me, but my brother's girlfriend took me. And um, <laughs> we, um, I hope, like, it made storyline sense for Sting to show up that night because to come back to, like, because he'd been out for maybe two weeks or something. But we didn't know at the time, like, no, this is the story that Bill Mustaine, he's putting these legends out, and then it's going to build up to whatever it was, Grieve, when he finally, you know, goes back with Booker T or whatever. But anyway, um, I just, I was holding out hope, like, he's going to show up in Augusta tonight, he's going to be here. He wasn't, but uh, I understood for storyline. But uh, yeah, I missed out on seeing Sting in the black and white that night, so... 
Well, we didn't know it would be your last chance to see Nitro ever anyway. Yes. Yeah. It's going to end in March 2001, and that's where we're going to see Sting come back out. Of course, fittingly, the final Nitro match, the final WCW match ever, the real WCW, yeah. is going to be against Ric Flair. Uh, but I, And I, you know, for what it is, I, I think they do a really good job. I you love know, this match. Yeah, Flair's not really himself, but they, they these guys could do a match together with their sleep. Um, I'll never forget. I love Sting's promo on that night. The He's bats. in the room, all the mm-hmm. bats swing in, pulls one down. Surprise, surprise! The Stinger is back. Of course, did you think I would miss this night? Not for nothing would I miss this night. This is an historic night. One more dance with the nature boy, Ric Flair. We started it years ago, Rick, and tonight we're going to end it once and for all. And for all you fans out there who are wondering what the future holds for Sting, well, the only thing for sure about Sting is nothing's for sure. It's showtime, folks! The only thing you know for sure about Sting is nothing's for sure. For sure. Yeah, uh, this, so good. It's great, man. And a great final moment to send the real WCW out on, you know, yeah. before the Alliance came around. Absolutely. Um. And, of course, everybody's wondering, is this going to be the time? Are we finally going to see Sting in a WWE ring after all these years? Not so fast, my friend. He's going to instead choose to go over to TNA. Total nonstop action. Make his debut in June 2003 on the TNA one-year anniversary show to team with your boy, Jeff Jarrett, right there. There uh, we go. Take on AJ Styles and Six Pack. Um I mean, this was a pretty massive move, though, for Sting to end up choosing TNA over WWE. Yeah, it was. And, like, you know, he set out his rest of his contract. Like, a lot of those guys that had those big contracts with Warner. Like, he just – and he said in the interviews, like, I just didn't want to go to WWF. It just was against some – he had some moral uh, convictions against going there, which apparently he's thrown out the window because AEW is far – Skankier than WWE was. I'm saying the things they they say and do on TV <laughs> compared to WWF and well, I don't know. It's probably about on par. Some of the stuff. they do use worse language than WWE did back then, but they don't do quite as slutty stuff. But anyway, um, yeah, he had some moral qualms about going to WWF and uh, <laughs> waited his contract out for two years and then went to TNA. Yeah, it was a big deal. It was a big get. It was like, oh, this company has been around for a year. They might. Beyond to something now that you got the stinger, you know. And it, I think it was cool because Sting was always, you know, the anti WWE yeah. guy. Not so much like you know calling out WWE, no. but you know he was the the guy, one guy who never went there, and now he's gonna yeah. go try to put this other company on the map and try mm-hmm. to build them up. It was a really neat thing to do. And you talk about his faith. Uh, let's talk about his biography. You know, he had a book come out, and then he had a direct to video movie it, baby. Yep. that he starred in. Mm-hmm. Right, Sting moment of truth. Yeah, we watched yeah. it together. I yeah, remember dude. watching it. Yeah, I've got it. I should have pulled it out for tonight. I ain't thinking uh, about it. Wish you would yeah. have. It's well, can't now. Dogs in the garage. It's in the garage in the box. But um, yeah, yeah. Moment of truth. I read that book from cover to cover, like in one night, and uh, watched the movie. It's fantastic, <laughs> dude. It's really cool to hear the story about his faith. You know. So. Yeah, he uh acted in a few things. I remember watching some. Netflix Christian movie with him in it. Uh, I think it's called The Encounter. 
where he's like uh, in a bar or in a diner. There's random people get stuck in a diner during a yeah. thunderstorm when the di- and the guy running the diner ends up being Jesus <laughs> undercover, yeah. I think. But not a bad actor. Yeah, he, he, uh, not the worst wrestling or... actor we've oh, ever yeah. seen. Yeah, Sting. Yeah, Thought you were not... the guy who played Jesus. <laughs> no, he was bad. Yeah, um, usually are Christian movies. <laughs> well, honestly, I, I haven't seen TNA as much as I've seen WCW, but you know, he certainly was a pillar of the company for yeah. over a decade there. Um, had I, I think for me, I, I think of him that I saw the most was or one of the just most important moments of him was forming the main event mafia with mm-hmm. Kurt Angle, Booker T, Kevin Nash, and Scott Steiner. And that was a true heel turn for yeah. Sting, a real reinvention of him because he would come out in promos without the face paint, just wearing sunglasses and everything. And I thought he did a great job with it. He did. It was definitely um, fun to see him try that. And it actually worked. As Tom, so I was saying earlier, like I thought it, it worked actually well. worked, you know, yeah. like the thing in 99 did not work, but this made event mafia run worked because of who he was associated with and what they were doing in the storyline. Yeah. I liked that he would come out not in the face paint and then wrestle in it, but not give it to you, you know, um, I just liked it. It was good, you know. And then he'd go on to morph a little more. Oh yeah, tell us about the the Joker stuff. <laughs> he becomes, I guess, he's inspired by Heath Ledger's Joker. I think oh, it's yeah. the summer of '98, or or I mean '98, 2008, or maybe 2009 is when he starts that character, and just kind of loses mind and uh, becomes this Joker esque character doing all these laughs. He's very reminiscent of like the Cesar Romero one from like the. Sixty-six yeah. Batman. I'd say it's more like that, probably. Yeah, but he but was certainly inspired I'm, by yeah, yeah, the Heath Ledger, but was like definitely more of a Jack Nicholson, Cesar Romero guy, like just <laughs> this crazy laughs and <laughs> what you gonna do, and like just wild. But like you could tell he was having fun. That's, That's why the I, thing. I dude. dug it because exactly. My buddy Trey texted me earlier. He said, "Did not care if Joker thing." Like I did care for it. The little I saw, I was like, "He's having a blast, dude." And he's like in his what mid forties, late forties at that point. It's another career reinvention. And he's having so much fun. But you know what boggles my mind? What boggles my mind is what happens when you wear a nice suit. Versace. It's Italian. Four thousand dollars. People listen to you. You get your way. You got stunk. And it feels good. But this could feel good for you. Remember the Hitchcock movie, The Birds? Yeah, they just peck, 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 peck away at you. Don't move. That's when they want to get you. They'll go right for the eyeballs. It's okay. You're going to get along good with them because these birds have six cents. They can smell garbage from a mile away. Eric, you got a key, an outdoor lock. I'm going to go watch a cage match. See you. Stop, stop. You stay. That's exactly how I felt. The first time I saw it, I was like, I rolled my eyes so hard. Like, oh, no, why? Don't do this, man. This is so, so dumb. But yeah, he embraced it. He had a blast with it changed up his face paint again messy paint yeah yeah messy paint yeah he fully embraced it and so you could tell he was on board with it and that's that's what made it work he wasn't halfway doing it nope um i gotta mention when you talk tna you gotta mention the infamous match with jeff hardy i mean that's unfortunately one of the things we'll always remember about him in tna and his 
reaction to it when crowds chanting, you know, whatever. I forget what exactly what they're chanting. They're chanting. It's like this sucks or whatever. He's like, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, uh yeah, Victory great. Road 2011, I believe. Is that right? 2011, 2009. Yeah, 2011, I think. I think so. Yeah. Um. Or not, whatever, whichever year. Those are the lost years. I don't. I didn't follow TNA very much. No. That, and that's when I I, I love I love Sting. I love him. He's the one that got me. To, but like, I just kind of lost interest when she was in TNA. Like at first, it was I couldn't access it. I couldn't. I wasn't buying a pay per view every week. I wasn't buying a month of pay per views, you know, and stuff. So I saw I saw him when they were on um Fox Sports or whatever. FX one, whatever it was back then. And uh then they're on Spike TV. I'd watch, you know, as much as I could. But I just wasn't, you know, enthralled by the whole package. I just tuned in for Sting things. So that does say something about him that he would keep me interested in the product because of that. Which honestly is how I feel about AEW. I keep interested mm. in some of the stuff for it. See what Sting's doing, you know. When he came in, that was a big moment, you know. We'll talk about I'm I'm jumping the gun here, but I'm just saying like he has this ability to bring you, bring me into whatever's happening in whatever other company, you know. Well, he goes on. Did, you, did he bring you in to watch him face Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan in 2011 and some nah. final matches against each other? I remember no. watching the Ric Flair one, and it is. It's I've watched watch. it on YouTube. It's oh yeah, rough. Yeah, Man. and Hogan one is not much better. But uh, yeah, they end up still facing each other in 2011, and Sting makes his final TNA appearance in 2014, losing to Magnus in a title versus career yeah. match. So there you go. GM of SmackDown. Nick Aldis has got that on his resume. Yeah. Retired Sting he, um, TNA. He was talking about that in an interview I, I watched the other day and just like how much that meant to him. Like he said Sting picked him. That's awesome. For that match. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Well, after years and years of speculation, after, uh, you know, 30 years in the business at this point, Sting's finally going to sign that contract with WWE uh, and we start to see him make these legends appearances we start seeing action figures and merch and he ends up being mm-hmm. like the main attraction for the 2k15 video game which is a way we started seeing a lot of legends appear and and started to be like a preview of what mm-hmm. storylines would end up being for a few years after this because they did it with goldberg after that um and surprise so makes the shocking appearance at survivor series 2000. 14 there was no spoilers there was no anticipation about this but after years and years in that big match with the authority versus uh the wwe guy john cena's team sting makes his shocking debut the night after i got married or or, yeah it was the day after i got married (laughs) because i remember i was not I was like trying to not be disconnected from the world, but then I saw Sting debut and I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Second most exciting thing to happen to me that weekend. Uh, Sting making his (laughs) debut. He, uh, it helps Dolph Ziggler defeat the authority on that night. I mean, what, what did you think when Sting finally debuted? Uh, jumped out of my seat, dude. It was incredible. I remember watching this with, the kids at a children's home we were uh, taking care of. I was up there that quick after your wedding. That's insane. It was the next must day. have been. I must yeah. have left that. It was, it was the day work. after. The yeah, that's we got married on Saturday. Pay per view was Sunday. Yeah, because we watched it live with the kids. So I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, I jumped out of my seat, dude. Like it was wild. I was just so excited because to see, because like I said, there's no spoilers, but to see that little crow thing and the 
the little call or whatever it was. And then uh, him come out and point the the bat and everything. And then that led to Ziggler winning the match. That match is a Ziggler. Talking about a star-making night. Yeah, it was. That was a great night for Ziggler. But anyway, yeah, just seeing him there was just surreal. And I was just like, oh, we're cooking now. What's happening? <laughs> going to WrestleMania, what's he going to do? And then you, you saw him kind of you're like, okay, maybe it's him in Triple H, you know, so – well, that's where they were building to. Um, even though I think a lot of people wanted to see Sting versus Undertaker, yeah. maybe uh, we got Sting versus Triple H, another controversial match in WWE history or or in Sting's career as he loses to Triple H. But um, I want to hear your thoughts about this match because I'm personally I I think it's great. It's fun, man. It's um the weirdest thing about the whole thing was seeing him come out during daytime. Mm-hmm. That's the weirdest thing. The most like the the drums are whatever they're weird but like seeing him come out at wrestlemania in the day was like weird and um same thing with taker um it just because it, it, it's not that dark when he comes out i don't believe this early in the night because they they went out. as long as they could to get taken yeah out. it's starting to get dark yeah it's like, like dusk ish stings when i think is in the daylight for sure and it's just weird to see but like i was fine some people were like the nwo wouldn't have helped him like come on man like it's not real. Like it's okay. This is WCW versus WWF right now, and like right. that whole thing was fun. It was fun. Like I, I enjoyed it. You know, I thought he looked great. He jumped off the top rope to the outside, if I'm not mistaken. Like it yeah. was wild, dude. And um, I had a great time. I understand he he was not going to win. I wanted him to win. Vince was not going to let WCW beat WWF. It didn't matter who it was. It could have been him versus Kenny Dykstra, and Vince was gonna have. <laughs> WWF win. Seriously, dude. Like, am I wrong? <laughs> Thank goodness it wasn't. Thank goodness it wasn't. But I'm just saying, like, it was not. He was not going to win at WrestleMania. His first, like, did I want him to? Yeah, especially because I thought he might not have many more. But I understand the business of having him, you know, lose. And I thought it was fun. I don't. I don't hate this match at all. I don't. Oh, I think it's great. I think it's really Some fun. Some people hate it. Oh, I know they do. But, uh, but yeah, like you said. NWO. First of all, he was in the NWO. He was in the exactly. Wolfpack. But um, it's like you know the um, it's like when two brothers are fighting and then someone it's attacks like when, the other person's brother. Well, yeah, uh, the brothers. Sabretooth helps Wolverine, even though they can't. Like, they're brothers, but you know sometimes if Wolverine's getting beat up, Sabretooth will help. Yeah, his brother. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the greater enemy is WWE, and exactly. I remember when the, I can't. It's DX comes out first, right? I think. Yeah, I believe you know, so. I popped huge. I didn't see huge. that coming. And then I was like, who's going to come out? Who's going to come out for Sting? And then that NWO music hits. And I was like, yes, yes. I yes. Love. Scott Hall takes a backdrop. Mm-hmm. Man, he's got a pacemaker in. He's taking a backdrop. Kevin like, Nash fakes a leg injury. Yes. <laughs> he fakes a quad injury. It's so good. Only thing I don't like about that match is Sting must have went to the wrong makeup store that night because mm. like, his makeup never got messed up. But for some reason that night, it's it yeah. was rough, dude. But yeah. yeah, I think that match is really fun. It sucks. I, I wish he would have won yeah. in hindsight, you know, and uh, I, I, I think uh, we'll, we'll talk about some other things about that match when we talk about potential Undertaker matches. But yeah, it's a shame, but uh, the, the match itself was good. And um, he goes away for a while, comes back the night after SummerSlam, uh, surprise appearance. Uh, again, makeup, sweated off a little bit, but still it was an awesome moment when he mm-hmm. Seth Rollins is unveiling that statue to himself and they pull the curtain up and sting, sting. right there. It's great. 
And he has a really good match with Seth Rollins at Night of Champions 2014 that is uh, tragically um, screwed up when Sting suffers a legit neck injury after that Mm -hmm. powerbomb by Seth Rollins. And it's really tough to watch him, you know, try to stand back. Yeah, basically. Uh, But up to that point, it was a really fun match. And uh, it was a shame thinking about what more we could have gotten had that not happened. Oh, I know, man. Seth, Seth is, you know, people call him like the modern day Shawn Michaels. And he is, man. He can carry anybody to a match. And not that he was carrying Sting, but he could. The fact that they trusted him to be in there with Sting, that's a that is a feather in Seth Rollins' cap, dude. For a guy who's never made him in WrestleMania and is the guy, like, huh. he had uh, the one pay-per-view match that Sting had that wasn't Triple H, you know. So that's pretty cool. But, yeah, fun match. I Honestly, at, for a point, I was like, they might give it to Sting real quick just for like a night or do like a switcheroo like they did with Jericho and Triple H back in 2000. But I was like, this is awesome. And then, yeah, when he crumbles, it's just like, oh, no. Because you could see that something was wrong. And it, was yeah. just, it sucked, man. It's very sad. Um, I wonder so, what his next WrestleMania would have been. Well, uh, we'll, let's talk about that in just a second. Um, he does. He is. He has a couple of matches on Raw right before this. Yeah. So he does get to be a Raw competitor and gets mm-hmm. his only two WWE wins on the same night. He defeats Big Show by DQ and then teams with Cena to defeat Show and Rollins. So that was yep. right before that pay per view. Uh, again, he's basically forced to retire at that point. He can't get cleared again for WWE, so he goes into the Hall of Fame in 2016. And yeah, I think we all thought that's pretty much it for Sting. He'll make Peace, some Legends yeah. appearances. You know, his career is done. But uh, Sting, the only thing for sure with Sting is nothing's for sure. That's for sure. And he debuts in AEW in December of 2020, returns to TNT. Winter is coming. That's right, and forms this partnership, this alliance with Darby Allen that has extended his career for the past four years. I think it's gone above and beyond what anyone possibly could have expected Mm -hmm. in that moment. Um, I read an interview with him where he said he thought he was only going to do the cinematic match, or or Mm -hmm. maybe only do cinematic matches, and he's ended up – I was looking at some of the roster of people he's faced in AEW – like he hasn't just done like main event stuff. He's like he faced uh, Anthony Henry, mm-hmm. who's like this guy from Augusta yeah. that I used to follow. I mean, he's faced like some the uh, what the, the 2.0 guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's faced some random people. Yeah, uh, he he's has. not just done just these big matches. So it's been pretty freaking cool to see. And once again, like I said earlier, the fact that those guys are in the ring with him elevate oh, them. Like can just you like Taker, just like Taker does. You know, you put a guy like Hade Vanson, even though he didn't really in the ring, putting him in a feud with Taker, it instantly elevates him, you know? So, yeah. Well, he will end his career with Darby Allen against the Young Bucks uh, as he's going to going into this match as the AEW Tag Team Champion. So added mm-hmm. another title to his uh, repertoire, another tag team specialist, much like The Undertaker. Uh, what do you think of this final match? Do you have any predictions for it? Are you going to try to watch it? 
I am not thrilled that his final match is a tag team match with Darby as his partner. I wanted it to be selfishly him versus Darby. He could still win. Darby Darby goes over even. I mean, Darby gets over more if he loses this thing. I didn't want them to turn on each other. I don't need to heal. I just wanted it to be like a hey, this is my last match. Out of respect for you, let's see if you can take all that I've taught you in the last three years. See if you can, you know, take me and take me to my limit as, you know, I'm 65 or whatever it is. Like, let's let's see what you can do. And again, I don't care who wins that. You know, uh, history would tell you this thing is the one looking at the lights and puts Darby over. But honestly, Darby doesn't need that win. Sting doesn't either. So like, it didn't matter. Um, but I wanted a singles match. I'm disappointed. It's not that honestly. But um, well, I didn't realize he's only done tag matches. He hasn't had a singles match this right. whole run in AEW. I was looking at his right. statistics. I didn't even realize that. So I, I think it definitely makes sense for that's, it to be a tag match. Like, well, I think and it's I get, I get that, but I, that's why I wanted the one singles match to yeah. be the, against the one guy he's been with the entire time. And I didn't want a heel turn. You know. I see what you mean. Um, the Bucks, they'll give him a good match. So, and I mean, he obviously handpicked them, so that's good. Yeah. And I'm I'm glad they did something storyline wise. I think it was a little retroactive. They kind of change their characters suddenly to meet the to meet the needs of having a heel in the match, but um, I'm not a fan of that. But uh, they'll give him a good match. It'll be fine. So I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean I I think this AEW run has been incredible. Like, yeah, he's just, great. I, and he hasn't just been. Like it's, it's not just the guys he's been in. Like he's been active in these matches. He's doing big Jumping dives. Jumping ladders, yeah. He looks great. Um, he's yeah. in there with Billy Gunn. I mean, both guys mm-hmm. are senior citizens at this point. <laughs> but it, you, it's you couldn't tell that. Like, right, yeah. It's like, you know, they used to trot out, you know, like Sergeant Slaughter or Hacksaw Jim Duggan on Raw back in the day who were probably younger than Sting and Billy Gunn are oh, now. Yeah. And you'd look. be like, oh, my God, like, yeah. <laughs> it can barely walk. And here these two guys are, like, looking like they Going. fit in with these 20-year-olds, man. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd love to see it. Certainly has elevated Darby Allen and, and made him a star in a lot of ways right, by giving him that rub. And his career will, you know, be launched, basically, from this run with Sting. It'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see where he goes from here at this yeah, point. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's only done good stuff for Darby, you know? Yeah, uh, I agree. Well, um, let's do just a couple quick favorites before we talk about the dream match, Undertaker versus Sting. Um, what's your favorite version of Sting's entrance song throughout the years? Uh, the one he had, like with Starcade 97, that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, that one. Now, I love the Seek and Destroy. Something like that. And like WWE's version was similar-ish to it yeah, yeah that's I not as that, good that instant that, or that classic wcw one that was you know the star kid 97 because that that entrance with the green lasers and the the crow or the the scorpion on the roof or on the on the yeah inside of the roof and uh the like little voiceover beforehand uh with all that stuff it's just again very undertaker-esque um, all of that was but that that's my favorite thing entrance of all time too is watching him come in at Stark in 97 because it had been built up for 18 months so. to me it's got to be 
Well, I thought you were gonna say the wolf pack. I thought that might have been your. your See, I, I was thinking more just just sting. So, but yeah, yeah. wolf pack is one of my favorite entries. Mine's gotta be man called sting. Man called sting. It's so bad. It's so just... good. <laughs> he does and... this. He does that. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. It's so good though. But I love his one before that, even earlier in the '90s, where it's just the guitar. It's almost like Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Like, yeah. I dig that one a lot too. Yeah. Uh, that one sticks in my head. All right. When you think of Sting, what is the look that you go to in your head? Is it Surfer? We always call it the Surfer, even though he wasn't. There was nothing Surfer about his entire character. He never carried right. a surfboard. Yeah. Down a, I don't know how that name has stuck with him his entire career. It's funny. There's nothing Surfer yeah. about it. Um, is it the Crow? Is it Tomato Sting? <laughs> is it Joker? Main event Mafia? What is your Sting? My Sting has got to be. I'm gonna say Starcade '97. Like that Sting. That start. Like the end of '97. Just the 1997 stink, that one. The one with the, the real long hair, those dark, never move, never moving his face, his emotions, just that look, that one would just stare at you, stare you, stare it cold through your, your soul, man, from the rafters. So that's the that's the sting I picture in my head. Although the one that, the, the one you got, the service sting, is definitely what drew me in initially, this but guy, just the yeah. one that made me a fan of life was the, the black and white. What about that's you? It. That's it for me is, you know, the, the early 90s thing. I even liked him when he did start to grow his hair out a little bit and wasn't bleached. I thought it was a cool look. I thought, yeah. I, I thought I liked that look on him. All right. What is like your top rivalry, your top two or three rivalries throughout his career? Top opponents? I mean, is it cheating to say NWO? Like, just that No, story, I don't think so. That totally that works. That story as a whole, I think, is to me his greatest story ever told in in wrestling from start to finish yep. again it was was what it was in the match at Starcade. but like i just think that's that story that that 18 month build the him you know what side is he on is he going to be around is he here oh look there's a vulture oh look there he is coming down with the raptors oh look he has two masks on oh the fans have masks on oh that's not real sting it's fake sting like all that was just so well done and it required a lot of patience for the fans and for the company and i loved it all but um in-ring opponent, man. I think it just maybe Flair, like just yeah, him and Flair. Yeah, you got to Flair. It's just that that match in the Clash is just so iconic, man. Yeah. How about I, you, Vader. Like I said earlier, yeah. is up there for me. Flair. Um, Magic yeah, tactics are great too. Those are great, man. <laughs> you can't argue with that either. But uh, yeah, in WO, you got you got to mention them as well. And Hogan, even if the matches weren't always great, mm-hmm. they, certainly the rivalry. Um, you can't help but mention that. Um, okay. Uh, what favorite finisher? Is it the Scorpion Death Lock? Scorpion Death Drop? Is it the Stinger Splash? Yeah, I love all of them. I think it's it's got to be. Oh man. I'd say the death lock, maybe. Just oh, are you gonna say the death drop? I mean, I think I do want to say that too. <laughs> I think it is. I, I think, think it is. is. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Just the, the look in the eyes. The yeah. I think you're right. This is death drop. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, think so. so. <laughs> um, favorite moment. I mean, I know you said Starcade '97 a lot, but like, what's what's another one that's just like a promo or a run in or just a moment? Um. Honestly, this moment is one of my okay. favorites, dude. Him coming down and, and DDT and Jarrett. And also, um, when he came out 
game now from the Raptors. I can't remember which Nitro it was, but he he tear off a shirt and had an NWO shirt or something. He tore it off again. No, maybe he had that. I don't know. It's it's just just him clearing the ring all the time when he comes down. I don't, there's nothing more. It's just all of the times. I love you said the masks and the and he's got the face paint underneath. Yeah, I and mean, he's done yeah. that in TNA. They yeah. done that in AEW. Like he's done. It's become like a meme for him. Yeah, um, but the vulture is the one ooh, that, again the vulture. that vulture didn't fly away but just that was so freaking menacing yes, seeing great. him up there just stoic and looking straight just piercing the soul of whoever's in the mm. ring and having that vulture it was like i'll never forget the vulture get any better than that like i don't, I don't think, think so. so you know although uh, I, I, I i can i give you another yeah. one uh spring breakout nitro helicopter oh descending not yep. from the rafters descending yeah. from a helicopter, from helicopter. Hall and nash were like being oh, blown away is that when hall ring. does the cannonball i into think the... so yes i think so <laughs> yeah. uh, oh yeah you're right that. you're right that's the best um also i'll tell you what man i had this day magazine and i remember this very briefly him and british bulldog tag teamed for a minute mm. they were like yeah yeah, uh, yeah early 90s they were like early 90s um right. Very patriotic stripes and stuff, and uh, that was a really cool look, man. Like seeing both of them, like that, that was cool. So, How about seeing CM Punk with the face in the paint? paint on, yeah, that was AW, pretty awesome. That was fun, man. Yeah. I was gonna bring it up earlier. All right, do do you have number one favorite match? Is it Starcade '97 or is it Clash of the Champions one? Is it another one? That's the thing with saying like he was one of my favorites, but like I don't really have like a like a. It's not more about it's more about moments with him than it is matches. Like I think you know, bell to bell, him and Flair at Clash is probably my favorite match of his. Um, although Spring Stampede '99 four way. Oh yeah. Him, DDP, yeah. Macho, and Flair maybe. Right here. That. There it is. That cover. Right there, man. Yeah, that no, it's yeah. Uh, Macho is the referee. He's the referee. Right? <laughs> yeah, Hogan. Weirdly, the that yeah. match is probably not a five-star classic it's not probably it's definitely good but it is really good that's a great show yeah um so maybe that like from bell to bell but i think just moment though like 97 starcade like i know it's it's not a great match but it's just that that moment is so good yeah how about you match Vader? I, I rewatched Sting Invader from Starcade '92 earlier. That's up there for me. The Bash with Flair, where he beats him for the title, is up there for me. War Games, Sting's. Oh, Dude, how about yeah, that? I wanted to talk about that. <laughs> oh. He's awesome in that. Oh yeah. Sting and Luger versus the Steiner Brothers uh, from a, I think it's the Super Bowl maybe is awesome. There's too many to count. Man. Too many mm-hmm. iconic ones to count. But the one that got away, the one that never happened, is Sting versus The Undertaker, the dream match. Um, you know, these guys, they've, they've talked about it in recent years. Uh, Taker recently on a podcast or an interview, they asked him what would have happened if he would have faced The Undertaker. Taker said, I would have squashed him. <laughs> yeah. Who would have won that match? I'd have killed him. Would you? Oh, man. Okay. Last ride? He's, uh, he's got a tombstone, brother. He was kind of joking, but he said, you know, for him, 
he doesn't think it would have lived up to expectations. He thinks people built it up for so long and they probably just never would have been what it could have dreamed of, especially in a timeline where they could have done it. So he thinks that's why it didn't happen. Sting has said he pushed for it for years. When he finally (laughs) came to WWE, that's what he wanted. When he retired, he said that's the one he'd come out of retirement for. There is no way the Stinger's going to get tombstone by the taker. That ain't happening. Not on my watch. <laughs> what would have happened is a few stingers flashes. In the corner! Stingers flash! Death drop. And probably the death lock. Earlier, different times in his career, he tried to make overtures to try to make it happen, and it never happened. Um, They did actually have one in-ring encounter, only one in history that I have found any record of, and it took place September 1st, 1990 in WCW when Sting defeated Mean Mark in a world title match in Greensboro, North Carolina, in a main event of a live event. Um, this was actually Mean Mark's final match in WCW. So kind of uh, interesting historic match there. Sort of yeah. a two paths diverging right there moment. Uh, sliding doors moment sort of for these guys. And sadly, it was at a house show. There is actually no televised footage of the one Sting it's crazy. Mark match, which kind of gives it even more historical lore uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 and people thinking about it. There is a YouTube video that people, it goes viral every couple of years, yeah. um, but it's not that match. It's, it's right. Sting against another jobber in similar outfit, and they kind of edit in other clips of Mean Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, facing another guy in sort of neon green trunks. It's kind of well done until you actually pay attention to it for more than 10 seconds. Uh, yeah. But that's not actually footage. Uh, I'll probably post that on our social media at some point yeah. and, you know, try to debunk that. But, uh, man, what a shame. I'd love if anybody oh, yeah. out there listening was at the one staying me and Mark match, we'd love to hear from you, man. Uh, let me. Well, uh, well, what what do you think? I mean, we've talked about different reasons. Why do you think this match has been built up so long throughout the years? Is it something that you always dream to see in? I mean, what what is it about these two guys that just makes people fantasize about this match? I don't. I, I think it's just because of this. Like especially when Sting went crow, I think it's just because of the darkness of them both, you know, and how they could. Um, he wasn't like mystical like the Undertaker was, um, but I think just they had that aura about them, and they were just like you said, we're beating dead horse, but they're both pillars of their companies. You know, they're both the guy that never switched, never wavered. You know, um, you can always count on them, and they just they had the old school mentality. I think it just would have been cool to see. But again, like we, we always talked about, like during the Monday Night War era, it was like we want to see Austin and Goldberg. I want to see Sting and Taker, and then like rock and ddp like those were probably the top three you know that i wanted to see because you got the real people's champion you know you got the bald guy with the black trunks and you got these two like dark characters so i don't know what do you think it was yeah all those same reasons you know they uh, again they weren't always 
I, I don't think the characters are all that similar, Mm-mm. but it's just what they represent, what they exactly. symbolize, who they were to their respective companies. And two guys whose careers went on for so long as mm. they have. I mean, Taker had a 30-year career. Sting's coming up on a 40-year career. Yeah. So the longevity, the legacy that these two guys had um, is, is so similar. They were always the guys you could depend on in each company. Um, somebody gets hurt, some plans change. You could throw Taker in there or you could throw Sting mm-hmm. in there and you can make it work. Um, I've got a timeline here and we're going to try to figure out when we think this match should have happened here. What's the ideal time when these two guys could have faced off? You could have had it in WCW. You could have had Sting versus Mean Mark in a little rivalry there. Uh, I'm sure Sting would have had a competitive match with Mean Mark on a Great American Bash or something, but uh, it certainly wouldn't have the same, you know, impact that yeah. a Sting Undertaker match would have. In the early 90s, you could have Surfer Sting versus like Dead Man, Purple Gloves, Undertaker. I mean, what do you think about that? I feel like it could have been similar to like a Taker versus Bret Hart that we got earlier on, two baby faces. You know, it could have been fun, but I don't know if that's exactly what I want. Yeah, I think the idea of that's cool, but I don't think that's what I would have wanted to see. I, I, I want to see them when Sting is Crow, Crow Sting. Well, I think 98, 99 would have been like late 98, early 99 would have been a really interesting pairing there where you've got um, you got Crow Sting, uh, maybe even would have been Wolfpack Sting at that point. But I, I think I would have loved to see black and white Crow Sting with like that early heel ministry undertaker right Mm. after he turns heel in late 98 starting to become the ministry of darkness undertaker i think those two characters would have really meshed well together and could have gotten some really exciting stuff out of that oh yeah that would have been cool that have been that's probably the primo time to take those two characters um and put them together i think i think you're right so i don't um, know how the match would have been yeah in ring wise but character wise could have been exciting yeah, it would have been fun. So now, are we gonna fantasy book what actually we thought could have happened, or is that because I have a scenario I laid out for what possibly could have happened? Because that obviously would not have happened. They were in two separate companies, right? So, um, yeah, I want to I want to do that. Okay, just I don't want to jump ahead, but yeah, no, I think that okay. ideally that's what you take. You take ninety eight, okay. ninety nine. That's your idea. Sting and ninety eight, ninety nine Undertaker and put them together. That's probably the peak of their characters. You know? All right. I want to talk about a couple other possibilities there. Um, I think um, you could have had in WCW ends. You could have had 0102, maybe big evil uh, undertaker again, as a heel against the baby face thing coming into WWE there either, either during, you could have had him in the invasion for sure. Or, or, or right after that, when Taker turns heel could have been interesting. Um, the one I was really for sure thought definitely was going to happen was 2015. Oh, 11. I mean, yeah. Yeah. WrestleMania 27 in Atlanta. Yeah. At the perfect time. Um, I saw a, uh, fan-made poster online and i knew it was fan-made but it still got me so hyped where it's like a parody of the dark knight poster mm-hmm. stings holding the joker card in front of his face half his face and it's got the undertaker on yep. there just seeing that made me like oh god yeah. i need this i need this and we were going to mania yeah. 27 we thought it'd be the perfect place for him to debut sadly didn't happen um 
2015, obviously, I think everyone was thinking that Sting is here. Why did these two guys, why don't we give us Sting and Undertaker? It's finally happening. Well, let's just run with it. Let's go with it. Um, 2011 was when he had that rainy outdoor western cottage thing, right? Also that. And it was like people were – like it was like 2, 2, 11 or something when he was coming back, and people were like, oh, it's kind of – Misty and looks like a scorpion. Like people oh, were yeah. reading way too much. I was like, ah, oh, that's good. I strange. bought into it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think 2016 might have made even more sense than 2015 because um, you got the biggest WrestleMania of all time uh, to that point. They're trying to sell out the Cowboys stadium. So mm-hmm. you need an iconic match there. I wonder if that might have been in the uh, run for that night if Sting had not gotten hurt because we ended up getting Undertaker versus Shane McMahon, which made no sense. And going back, that story lot, makes no sense. Oh, man, it may, kind of makes more sense now it is. <laughs> well, like, now we know what was probably in the lot box. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in hindsight, it makes a ton of sense. But at the time, it was like Shane McMahon. It was cool, but it was also like huh, rando. really random. Wonder if maybe the biggest WrestleMania ever would have been more exciting to see Sting and Undertaker there. Uh, if he hadn't got hurt with Seth, maybe that was what was in the, the cards. Yeah. 2018 or 19, I'm kind of shocked we didn't see him bust, bust this out for one of these Saudi Arabia shows mm-hmm. where they're pulling out Sting and I mean Undertaker and Goldberg and all this crazy stuff. Triple H and Randy Orton having their final match. Why not bust Sting out uh, for this uh, for a, a quickie with Undertaker? Yeah. And you, you definitely could have done it. Maybe if the Goldberg match didn't go as poorly as it did, yeah, maybe <clears throat> it could have been more receptive to that. And then certainly, I think we all maybe thought there was a chance of a cinematic match. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything could have been possible after the Boneyard 2020, match. 2020, yeah. Yeah, why not do something with these guys? Um, could have been really exciting. Would have been cool, but he signed with AEW. So but he signed with AEW and said, so out of those, which one are you picking? How are you booking it, man? You, you said you had an idea. Well, I have something that has nothing to do with any of those. All right, even better. Can I book this for you real quick? Of, of course. All right, I had to write this down. So I've got my idea. <clears throat> Sting vs. Taker, WrestleMania 18. Here's the deal. WrestleMania 18, okay. So, so this is where he fights Flair. He fights Flair. Okay, so <laughs> don't bring him in for the invasion because invasion is what it is. You let dude invasion runs just like it did. Um, obviously, ideally, we'd have him there, but I'm just going to go with kind of I'm, – I'm, I'm going to go in with stuff that I think could have happened. So – you know, at the end of the invasion, we get Ric Flair. He's the consortium that bought the shares or whatever. So right. they buy his contract out of T- of Warner, and he comes in. So then we know two months later, the NWO comes in, right? Because they're going to be, and that's what's going to lead to Rock and Hogan at Manny and some of that. So let's just say Flair comes in. Um, he can. I don't remember if he was the antagonist or protagonist against Taker. Somehow he winds up facing Taker at WrestleMania. He, I don't know who was the good guy, who was the bad guy at this point, honestly. Well, Flair was the good Flair guy. Flair was a good guy, but then I think he, some once he takes over Raw, he becomes a bad guy. I don't know. Anyway, that's after Mania though. So anyway, um, so anyway, so let's keep, let's keep Flair, um, as the you know, he's the head of or he bought the shares, or whatever. So he he invents own WWF now. You can have them going back and forth or whatever, and then Flair is gonna hurt. Vince is bringing in the NWO to kill the poison or whatever. Well, Flair can be like, well, I'm going to bring in somebody 
to go against, you know, your biggest guy. Or maybe he and Flair can even go. I don't have all this part worked out, the early part. Like, he and Flair, maybe Taker and Flair can have their match at No Way Out or at Royal Rumble, maybe. Okay. Even instead all of right. instead of uh, McMahon and Flair at Royal Rumble, maybe it's Taker and Flair okay. there. So maybe Taker is kind of or Taker is kind of Vince's guy, his his proxy, um, or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, we get Taker can be a tweener for whatever. It's Taker. Who who cares? Anyway, I don't know. I don't care. But then anyway, we we wind up getting to Flair's like I'm gonna bring in somebody that I know can, you know, take your biggest guy down. You know, you brought in NWO uh, or whatever. I'm going to bring in, you know, somebody else. And so maybe at the Rumble, there's a even like just a flash of like the or like the, the crow call or whatever, like or the lights go out, whatever. And there's that during the Rumble. Taker gets distracted. Again, he's still the American B.A. at this point. Right. So he gets a distraction. Maybe Flair throws him out of the Rumble or something. I don't know. Whatever. I don't care about all that. part. the point is that we get to no way out. It could be maybe Flair and Arn versus Taker. I don't care. It's some something. But at some point in the match, um, it's Flair and Booker T. Maybe maybe it's Booker T. I don't think he was doing anything in no way out. So, yeah, um, sure. So there's like a, another distraction like that. And, and uh, maybe Taker can get the win or he, they can get a fluke win over him, whatever it is. But Sting is he's not going to be a heel when he comes in, but it's kind of. He's kind of distracting Taker or whatever. So we don't know what Sting for sure. We just kind of get little glimpses and glimmers of what it is. So then um, after that, like, Taker is going to leave TV, you know, whether it's Royal Rumble or No Way Out, I don't know, whatever. He's going to leave TV, and Flair is going to keep telling him, like, if you, you know, I, I, I don't want – I want your best. I want you at your best. I want my guy at his best versus you at your best. So I want you as the dead man. And t- so Taker's going to go back to the dead man mm. two years mm. earlier. Yeah. Mm. Um, but we're not going to see it play out on screen yet. We're going to kind of see him. He's he's off screen. He's off television for whatever this month or two is in between. So we, then we're going to kind of get vignettes of him, just voiceovers. We don't want to see him as dead man yet. We don't want to see him yet. We don't want the reveal. He's still okay. – last thing we saw was him as the American BA. So – and then we might can get some – voiceovers of flair talking about sting maybe even show some clips of old matches of them or whatever like we know at this point we're going to know it's sting coming we just don't know what sting it's going to be you know so then he found the right guy or um you know i found the right guy to take take you on undertaker and then taker can give you know his voiceover later on and you know they can do all kind of theatrics with this and do a graveyard and do yeah you know caskets and have a casket open up with scorpions in or something they can do all kinds of stuff (laughs) they can have so much fun with it i don't have all the all the screws tightened here but i just got this idea i came with earlier so then maybe um so then maybe one final like voiceover takers like you know i found the right guy and i found the data maybe you just see like the silhouette of him in the hat you know again you don't see him as undertaker we don't want to reveal that to wrestlemania so then the Raw before Raw or SmackDown before Mania X8, we get maybe the XT symbols kind of in the ring, you know, like Taker's back, you know, that Taker's back. And then, um, it, you know, there's smoke billowing out or whatever like that. And then on the Tron flashes up and you just kind of see not not um, not Sting like from the last Nitro or his bat thing, but like you see maybe a far distance and just a silhouette of him and then maybe, or maybe all you see is just an arm and a bat just pointing toward the XT symbol in the ring. So you just kind of know, Oh, it's, this is the thing coming for taker. Yeah. And then that's it. Just like a silhouette of him. Or maybe the, the black, maybe he picks the bat up off the floor and just points it toward the XT. So then at WrestleMania 18, 
Taker comes out first as Dead Man. So he's back as the Dead Man crowd's loving it. Boom, boom, boom. Loving, loving, loving it. He's back as Dead Man. And then is Sting going to show up or not? We kind of get the mm. blackout, get the same little lasers from Starcade 97, the Scorpion on top, and then boom, down from the Raptors. Here comes Sting. <laughs> so you got it down from the Raptors. And um, again, it's just, it's. I think that would be the sickest, sickest time and the sickest yeah. intro for them to have done this. Again, it would change a lot of things in history. Taker would go That's back okay. to Dead Man real quick. Um, but I think that could have been feasible. They could have bought his contract out. They could have, you know, it could have made it happen. You oh, know? yeah. Um, and then, again, the match. I, I, was, I think if they pitched that to him, he would have yeah. come in for something so. like that. He would have uh, let his contract be bought out to do something like that. Because yeah, this is yeah. what he always, this is what he said he wanted to do. So, yeah. Yeah. And we know that Taker's going to win. Because it's Vince and he's gonna win. But this was, if you remember, X8. X8's the first night that he does the mm-hmm. thing, and it becomes a thing though. So maybe you know he could, you know, defeat. But again, it's a he wouldn't win definitively. I want him to get kind of a fluky win over it. Maybe maybe Flair even turns on him because Flair always turns on Sting. Yes. Or maybe maybe the I NWO so. from earlier <laughs> in the you know NWO's back now. Maybe them from earlier in the night even come out and distract because they're going to get their hands and everything because Vince wants to poison. You know, Vince brought the NWO in as bad guys, but Flair's bringing Sting as a good guy. So you know, they could be. There's a lot of different stuff you can play with there. But um, so not a not a clean victory, but you know, one that Sting loses to Taker. But you can set up for they got more to come. You know, maybe it's SummerSlam or whatever. So you don't want to you don't want to give it all away right here. But I don't know. I just thought that was. I love it. I don't have all the screws tightened. There's so many details, but I was thinking like, man. Casket with scorpions in it and stuff like that. There's yes. so many things they could have to earn, and scorpions could walk out. Like, whatever. There's so many things that could, be, you know, or Taker could step on a scorpion. I don't, there's just so much that could, <laughs> that could happen, dude. Like it'd be so fun. I drives think. the motorcycle over a scorpion. Sure. Like, motorcycle wheel. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There's just so I much. Love it. I think, like, I was trying to think, like, logically, you know, when could it actually have happened? And I think that's the earliest it actually could have happened. Well, it's a really cool. Um, butterfly effect moment because because Sting's probably stays around there for a while. Mm-hmm. Sting probably goes on to have a, a, a long run in WWE. So who else could he? Could you imagine him fighting in WWE from 2002 to 2010, right. 12? Like does his career end a lot earlier at that point? Is he yeah. more satisfied and willing to walk away sooner? Does TNA? even exist if Sting doesn't join up with them at that Mm -hmm. point like are they able to keep running without that sort of major moment to help push them along Uh, and here we are they're still around somehow Mm -hmm. (laughs) 22 years later um yeah i I love the creativity there it's not something i would have ever come up with at that timeline so that's awesome i just I'm so came, came to me this afternoon, man. I just thought yeah. that to me is the is the ultimate. So who who do you have on the call? Uh, gotta get Jr. Man. Yeah. Gotta get Jr. on the call. Yeah, Jr. Yeah. Michael Cole, I guess. So. No, not anybody. Michael Cole. Get the King on there. Well, get Jr. Get, get Jr. Shivani. Hire Shivani. Dusty. <laughs> Dusty. <Ooh. laughs> yeah. Yes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's uh yeah. I think yours is, is better than mine even. But uh yeah, I think like it, it never would have happened, but I think fantasy wise, like I said, ninety eight, ninety nine would have yeah. been awesome. Sting could have been Sting because he's always he was staying along before WCW. So, you know, even if he 
even before WCW went out of business and WWE bought the WCW rights, he could have come over and been Sting, mm-hmm. I feel like, because he owned that character. So that could have happened there. Undertaker couldn't have gone over to WCW right. ever and done that. So I don't think the match should have ever happened in WCW. No. Um, like I said, maybe a 27 it. would have been an awesome time, in mm-hmm. my opinion. But I think, to me... I think that 2016 cool. Mania, I think the one you picked, the both guys would have been in their primes. And could yeah. Have been the best match. But 2016, here's mm-hmm. how I thought about it. You still do Triple H staying at uh, Mania 30. Fif- yeah, 31. In 15, you still do Undertaker Bray Wyatt, except you have Sting beat Triple H this time. Because really, I think Triple H won mainly so that he could look strong coming out later to do the thing with Rock and Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. And now it's supposed to lead to him and Rock. That match the next, next year. year. Yeah. Well, of course, that match didn't end up happening, so yeah. we don't have Triple H to win anymore. So have Sting yeah. win. He gets that first big win. Uh, again, you use you still use Sting sparingly. He comes in, does the Seth Rollins match. Um, maybe he still loses that, and then the Authority comes in and does this big beatdown on Sting and the Undertaker. We hear the gong hit, lights go out. Undertaker Ooh. saves the day and helps Sting against the Authority. Nice. Then, how about Survivor Series 2015? How about we do Sting and the Undertaker? versus seth rollins and kane yeah corporate yeah how about we get a sting undertaker team up jamie noble Uh, (laughs) jamie noble and joey mercury j and j security (laughs) four on two why not um i don't think people ever think about that but i think that would have been pretty neat Mm -hmm. to team up with each other then you could kind of maybe build like some tension between maybe they lose the match undertaker gets beat up or, or doesn't isn't able to save sting or something like that so you get a little tension between the two and maybe sting um gets frustrated with undertaker uh so you know a couple nights later on raw or maybe even at the royal rumble or something something similar to what you talked about we see sting show up out of nowhere pull the undertaker's hair back um the under fraser at that point pulls mm-hmm. uh, the receding hairline back and gets him in that scorpion death drop and then just points the bat up to that wrestlemania oh. sign um and, and symbolizes okay we're going to wrestlemania now again never have these guys really touch besides then it's just yeah. it's just videos it's just vignettes wonderful uh, yeah uh, different Wonderful. guys cutting uh, they're cutting promos mind games are going on with each other um build it up for the biggest wrestlemania ever hundred thousand people in attendance undertaker versus sting at wrestlemania you get jr on the call um i'd love to see i'd love to see them get tony shivani in there uh, you know to represent wcw that'd be amazing but i think you know i i see it going really you know, both guys, are, they're really just bouncing off each other at the beginning. Nothing is phasing the other person. And then Undertaker really starts to work over Sting because Sting could sell, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. He was awesome as the as the baby face who's getting beat up, getting pounded on. Um, maybe Undertaker, of course, it's the running big boot into the corner uh, and misses that as he, you know, has <laughs> his signature Always thing does, to do. Yeah. Sting is able to recover for a minute, get a wrap on the Scorpion Deathlock, can't quite get it in. Uh, of course, we see a bat come into play. Um, uh, maybe 
Undertaker's going for a last ride, and Sting gets the bat up and pops him on the head. With like it. Triple H did with his like sledgehammer. Triple H yeah. did. X7. Yeah. yeah. Sort of, you do a similar thing. or mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's doing that, you know, in the uh, Hell's Gate, maybe, and he has to tap out to that. I do think Undertaker's beaten Sting. You know, I don't think there's any scenario where Sting's beaten Undertaker at this point in time. Yeah. We, if you go back to your era, you could have done whatever. What if you have Taker hit the tombstone on him? And Sting pops up like he you know how he gets yes. a good no and he pops up and, oh, and dude, oh. that hundred thousand people would lose their mind, yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah. Or even maybe not tombstone chokeslam, but a tombstone. Do it on the him tombstone. to pop up, Absolutely. dude. That would be wild. Yes. I love this, dude. Yeah. Yes, I, I I think you're right. That's one of Sting's signatures too. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I would love. They to both see that. are like the king of the perfect time no sell. You know. Absolutely. And have him the do a death drop to Taker, and he's kind of winded sitting there, and Taker does the sit-up, you sit know, up. looks at him and kind of replay that whole him and Brock thing, you know, like, oh, yeah. sit up at the same time. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, you know they would have had some moment yeah, in, there, yeah, in yeah. that match, some memeable moment in there. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Undertaker goes over in every Boom. scenario pretty yeah, much. Yeah, that's fine. But, uh, yeah, it, it's one of the marquee moments on there. I'll take that any day over Sting and – Oh, excuse me, over Undertaker and Shane McMahon. Uh, as fun as that was, uh, I'm taking Undertaker Sting at maybe sure. 32 over that. Without That's question. my idea. I like it. I like both our ideas. They're good stuff. I think so, too. And, and it's a shame it didn't happen for whatever reason. There's all sorts of reasons uh, people can, can can come up with. But we'll never truly know. But um, it, what's just, just to close this out, what, what do you think Sting's legacy is? in the world of professional wrestling, how will you remember Sting's career? Just iconic moments. Like I said, it's not about the matches for me with him. It's moments, you know, uh, I don't know if there's another guy that I have that with, you know, like this, the matches don't necessarily matter that much. It's more about <laughs> the moments. Um, and I think that's his thing. Just the long lasting legacy, which is how many guys he worked with and just the pillar he was for WCW. He was just, a, he was the John Cena. John Cena has said, this is the reason I cut my hair short and, ble- and you know, mm. and wanted to be a bodybuilder. I wanted mm. to be Sting. He wanted to be Sting. So, you know, and even if you look at the prototype, he had like a Sting build, you know. So it's just uh, I think he's just he's just a he's a pillar, dude. We keep saying that about like Taker is, too. But he's just a pillar. He's just and have you ever heard somebody say anything bad about Sting? No, no, <laughs> nothing. No. If the worst criticism he gets is he wasn't tan enough. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Like, there will probably never be, like, some Vince McMahon, Brock Nobody, Lesnar yeah. type stories coming out. Nobody about talks Stan. crap about him. Nobody talks no. crap about Taker. Those two guys, no. you don't talk, they don't talk crap. Not because you're scared, because there's nothing to talk crap <laughs> about. Because those guys have, like, well, I mean, I, I think even there's been there's probably talk about there's definitely talk about Taker, you know, to some level by some people. But you don't hear that about Sting. Not, right. I mean, not, yeah. not at all. Like, even if it's just political stuff. Yeah. People, yeah. Nobody says that about Sting. Like, yeah. you, you never hear a bad word about it. Yep. Well, we heard some good stuff from all of you out there and we want to continue to hear it. We'd love to hear which scenario do you like? Do you like Travis's from 2002? Do you like mine from 2016? What's your dream scenario, whether it's fantasy, whether it's realistic? When would you have liked to have seen Undertaker Sting? When 
Um, who would you have wanted to win? How do you think the match should have gone? Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Leave a comment and let us know your thoughts about those. Let us know your favorite Sting memories. We did hear from a few of you out there on social media. Social mania? Social media. It is social, social mania. mania. But uh, William McClough said Sting would have won this fantasy match because Taker's a coward. I don't All know right. he's getting that from. Um, I didn't the podcast much. <laughs> Tubai Mana said Undertaker, without a doubt, would have beaten Sting. Chris Sulema, uh, who has commented a lot, and we appreciate all your support, Chris. He said, sometimes I think either um, whether or not you would have wanted to see this match. He says, sometimes I think either way, I wish we got it. And sometimes I'm glad it didn't happen. So, you know, I think, you know, maybe in some ways it, it would never sure. have lived up to those expectations. So maybe it's good that it lives in our brains mm-hmm. just in fantasy world. And that's how Randy Turco feels. You know, we've done this whole episode dreaming about this match we'll give the alternate opinion and he's always said this we've heard him say this before he said never saw the correlation everyone else has they both were black i don't know uh but he does agree having this maybe in 97 98 could have been amazing just because these two guys are so good at their craft yeah Uh, sting didn't have the supernatural powers though and taker did so undertaker wins by 100 Uh, (laughs) you know randy's gonna choose undertaker yeah We'd love to hear some other fantasy booking. Maybe this inspired all you out there. So please hit us up and listen. You know, leave a uh, leave a rating, a review, subscribe, uh, listen to the podcast, um, go back in the archives and listen to all our episodes. Think about that during WrestleMania season. Relive the streak with us. Um, oh yeah, you, you said uh, you had your buddy Trey had some. Oh, or did you already throw those I, in? I think I sprinkled most of those in. Let's see. He okay. said his three favorite moments, not necessarily matches, were the fake Sting storyline, Sting, mm-hmm. Seth Rollins, and just the entire feud with the NWO. So, yeah. Even though it ended with the kind of a debacle, that was his stuff. But he said uh, Surfer Sting, Soldier Mom Pro Wrestling, Crow was such a different one, and he'll just never forget that spotlight on him and the Raptors and just mm-hmm. that those moments on Nitro. So, yeah. Um, man. He likes both versions, but leans more toward Crow as his favorite. Joker Sting, nah. <laughs> so, yeah. You're wrong on that one, Trey. Yeah. <laughs> Joker Sting's fun. Yeah. We're okay with Joker Agree Sting. Agree to disagree. Okay. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you don't already, you can watch the full live video uh, versions of our podcast over there, as well as some of my action figure unboxings mm-hmm. on there. You can check out the vlogs from our trips. And uh, you never know when some exclusive YouTube content is going to be coming to the Talking Taker YouTube channel. So I would love a subscription there, a subscription on all your podcast services. Uh, you never know when some bonus episodes might be coming out to your podcast feed. Of course, we throw a classic episode back from the dead at the top of your podcast feed every month. And I shared our WrestleMania 20 yeah. episode recently, reliving that memory 20 years 20 ago. 20 years brother. Can you believe wild. it? <laughs> I remember like it was yesterday. I was just yeah. telling the story about the subway. Uh, the other day at work so yeah. yeah one of the best episodes we did yeah. you hear our entire epic story of going to wrestlemania 20 on that episode so be sure to check that out uh of course our friends the bottom line wrestling cast they are back uh back uh, with their first new episode in a few months uh with them 
doing the conclusion to the Hollywood Blondes saga. So the end of that tag team with Stunning Steve and Fyam Brian. Great episode from those guys. And they'll continue on with Stunning Steve's uh, run uh, through their next episode. So check them out. Uh, check out our friend Watch Along Tommy on his YouTube channel, uh, Watch Along Wrestling. I know he's going to have a bunch of content going into WrestleMania season. Be sure to give him a subscription. And I think next month, uh, we kind of bounced it around. I, I think uh, we, maybe we'll change our mind, but I think our idea is maybe to do, it's not fantasy, but again, it's a, it's a, it's a throwback episode. We talk about The Undertaker versus The Iron Claw. So we've got some matches of Mark Callis and some different gimmicks against, or Mark Calloway and some different gimmicks against the Von Erics. Yeah, all the way back from the 80s. Uh, he wrestled in world class, had some interaction with the Von Erics, and of course, that's the movie that's taken the world by storm over the past Except few for months. The Oscar nominations, what didn't get Oscar rat, nominations, dude. but uh, got a ton of buzz, and it is finally out on digital media, so even more people can watch it, including myself, who couldn't make it out to the theaters yeah. to watch it. So uh, I think you and I will talk about uh, what, what what we liked or didn't like about the movie, give a little review of the movie, and talk about the Undertaker versus the Von. Eric's. So uh, that'll be another interesting episode, a different path for us to go down uh, for next month's episode, for our April episode. So be on the lookout for that. Be sure you're subscribed. Um, like I said, check out our T Public store. You can follow our WWE shop link in the show notes uh, and use that to pick up any more last minute merch you want for WrestleMania weekend. And man, you got anything else? Uh, anything else you want to promote? Don't think so. I think All that's right, it, man. Yeah. About wraps it up for us here on Sting. We had a supersized episode tonight of uh, Spitting Venom. Spitting so, Venom. Yeah. And uh, Sting, I, w- I will leave you with this. It's off my wife's new desk here. Much love, brother. <laughs> Much I thought you were. I was love. hoping you were going to pull out the uh, the Wrestle Buddy. The, uh, You're breaking my right arm. Yeah. yeah. No, I did have that. You had also, that. I also had the mask. I got it at the oh. house show from Augusta. Yeah, that was my favorite piece of Sting merchandise. Was the mask? It was so flipping sweaty. <laughs> put it on. Golly, it was awful. <laughs> it was like a rainforest in there, dude. So. Did you yeah. dress up as Sting for Halloween, or did you no, just wear the never, mask? No, yeah, we wore it at the house. You know, we wrestle and stuff like that. So I remember he got, he got a chip in it, like it broke down at the bottom. And I hated that. And I never got a chance to get another one. So. Yeah, it was miserable. Did you have an action figure set where it was like all the different eras staying in there? I don't, I don't think I had that. I think okay. I just had. A, I had. I know I had. Uh, I know I had a couple stings. I don't think I got that set though. Okay, dude, that, back then that set was in crazy expensive. Yeah, the kind of money I had. Like thirty dollars. Yeah, I yeah. didn't have that, dude. <laughs> I had to mow like fourteen lawns for that. So. Yeah. But anyway, no, man, we appreciate you guys sticking with us tonight for uh, Spit and Venom. And, uh, yeah, what are your favorite Sting memories, Sting matches, Sting moments? Which Sting do you prefer if you were there at Clash when he went 45 minutes uh, almost to Broadway? You know, we went 45 minutes uh, with, with Flair. We, we want to hear about it. Um, oh, I have one last thing. I do want to say this. I watched this compilation today on WWE YouTube. It was a um, every Sting title win in WCW. Oh, cool. Not one of them was a clean or like a okay. Let me rephrase it. They were so the 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 first win was clean, but it was like a just a quick roll, like a you know a small package. So that, that is a clean win, but it's not like a definitive DDT or a Scorpion Deathlock. You tap out. So that's that. Um, 
there's not another like clean one like Harley Race interferes in a couple with Vader and somebody else. Um, the only like clean, clean, clean one is just him hitting a move and then pinning a guy is him and DDP on that episode of Nitro where he wins it and then loses it later. Yeah, I watched that live. I DDP that. goes to Diamond Cut him on the corner. And he stops it, hits him with a Scorpion Death Drop, and pins him. Um, and that's the only one that doesn't have some quarter either out of that interference or just like a quick roll-up. Because I think when he beats Luger in 92, it's just a crossbody off the top, and he just kind of pins him. Which, again, it's clean, but it's just it's not like iconic like finisher one. So I just thought it was interesting. Like He never – like the thing with Hogan, even in 92, eight at fall brawl when he wins that's not clean either yeah. though um it's still screwy and stuff so yeah, it's just um yeah i thought it was I feel like that, never... that's like old school nwa like yeah oh it's great though yeah kinda... oh no i thought so yeah. too yeah. i just thought it was yeah. interesting like he never it wasn't like a wwf like right finish it was all yeah like that's you some said. of my favorite finishes i love it yeah it no, comes I love, out of nowhere i love those but yeah it was just interesting he never got a definitive like oh got that win but just that one over ddp which he lost later so anyway that being said thanks for joining us ladies and gentlemen we'll see you next month it'll be our well right before wrestlemania so maybe you yeah. and i get to watch maybe at least one night together maybe you can yeah here and watch talking it. about so, it yeah looking forward to it if that happens that so, yeah yeah but um stay classy out there always go to uh support your local uh chinese food and ribs like i'm sporting the mule the butcher hat tonight and uh as always ladies and gentlemen take her easy I would love to say congratulations, man, on a, just a spectacular career. Um, I mean, just one true icon of, of our industry. Um, he's done everything. Um, and like I said, just the, the, the longevity uh, of, of that character, um, just well done. And congratulations. And I hope you, uh, I hope retirement is everything that you, that you want it to be and you deserve everything that uh that you have and all the accolades and um and yeah yeah, i mean he deserves it all